Okay, I'm Warwick Davis, and you're listening to Below the Belt Show. Nice! Okay, cheers, <laughs> guys. Cheers. Have Thanks, Warwick. The Below the Belt Show is closed captioned for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the Bad Boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. Alright guys, it's time for another episode of BTV Below the Belt. In the mother effing house, I'm your host, Al Soto, aka Celebrity Soto, host with the most here for your weekly pleasure. This is part one of the BTV Holiday Christmas shows. We have three more shows in 2022, three more shows in December before BTV takes a little bit of a hiatus. Um, I know our listeners are going to be a little distraught. That they won't have us for most of January. Those poor things. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I so know. We have three more shows or three shows total? Three more shows until our hiatus. That's right. Counting this show, though, right? Counting, counting, this, counting show. this show. Yeah. And, okay, uh, so three shows total. Okay, that's and good. we celebrate the holidays all month long here on BTB. We do. Uh, well, we do. Yes, yes, certainly, certainly so. Um, of course, uh, the upcoming Christmas shows include General Zod's B-Day next week. And then um, our final uh, show of 2022 and our final Christmas show will be the BTB Koki Memorial Show. As you know, um, BTB lost one of its own in uh, June of 2021. And Koki uh, has been a fixture for our many of our Christmas shows and we'll be honoring um, his life um, with us on that. Uh, final show of 2022. Um, yeah, he was always on the last show, the final show of the Christmas season. That's right. Every, I mean, almost every year. Yeah, and I uh, had to dig in the arc to his crackhead, um, <laughs> his crackhead so Christmas you, um, songs. Get, you hadn't you hadn't had the pleasure of meeting Koki, but Koki, uh, every Christmas will do kind of like a weird Al Yankovic parody of your favorite Christmas songs, but make them really <laughs> perverted and very very raunchy. <laughs> Yeah, really like yeah, the most yeah. raunchy here. <laughs> but but picture picture Weird Al if he was on a ton of coke, and that would be um, somebody that would write these songs. Right. Affectionately, <laughs> right, um, affectionately saying, but yeah, we definitely miss Cokey. We miss his Christmas songs. It was definitely a tradition for us here on Below Absolutely. the Belt, and you know he's he's definitely missed. Absolutely missed, and uh, I think we're only we only have a handful of songs. That are um, not available currently on the B2B archives, um, going back to 2016. So um, we're gonna have to use those sparingly, um, you know. Oh, well, yeah, but once we get through those, we'll just start playing the old songs that we have on exactly on SoundCloud because no one <laughs> listens to our archives anyways. So, <laughs> well, let's be honest. Uh, 
Um, so uh, tonight um, we we have um, just a blockbuster um, show, um, but let's go ahead and start by introducing our panel, if you will. Starting with, uh, that's right, guys, also in the holiday spirit, he is the king of the 80s, the demotivational speaker, Chachi McFly. It's definitely the best time of the year and blow the belt show. Yes. It's always festive, which I love. Um, you know, everybody at their at their jobs, you know, office jobs and stuff, you know, this time of year is always kind of like a little like laid back, you know, like no one expects too much from you. So um, <laughs> it's kind of how it is on this show. Okay? Don't expect too much from us, you know. Don't expect to laugh at all. Um, we're kind of coasting <laughs> to the end of the year, you know, like everybody else is at their job. Yeah. So I hope you guys still somehow enjoy it. Well, that might be true for a lot of uh, corporate office jobs, but our, our next uh, panelist, uh, guest co-host tonight, uh, works in the film industry. Um, and I don't know if there's any slacking in the final month of production. I, I don't think that's the case for no. film and TV. But no, nope. he's trying to get stuff done he, before the end of the year. That's right. He is podcaster yeah. extraordinaire. He's got like 20 different podcasts, guys. He's oh a co- <laughs> he's he's a cosplayer extraordinaire. Uh, you might have seen him as Hardcore Bloodshot, um, the one and the only Jesse Fresco back on BTB. It's been a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been I've been busy. I moved to New York, so I'm back here for the holidays. But I'm going to be yes. back to New York pretty soon. Oh, that's a thing, man. Yep. People. Sorry, uh, my my camera died. I don't know what's happened. <laughs> well, we'll have to. Uh, Figure that one out, Jess. Um, but uh, that's the thing well, about as long as B- Allie's camera doesn't die, then oh, we're yeah. fine. Yeah, you want Allie's camera to work. I get it. But, right, exactly. <laughs> but the great thing about BTB uh, at home, BTB virtual, um, it has several different iterations. We can welcome panelists from all across the country and even the globe, really, if they want to uh, join us at an odd time for our, our, oh, our show. And, most uh, of them are still here in the DMV hey! area. That's right. Let's go ahead and introduce uh, our longtime guest co-host here on BTB. Uh, she's she amazing. The girl in the closet. The cutest girl yeah. in the closet. I need to exit the closet. <laughs> her, nick, her nickname is the the adorable one. Um, she's a voice actor extraordinaire and recently returned in front of the camera for a couple projects that we are going to be promoting tonight. Ali Dash, welcome back to BTB. Glad to be back as always. Yes, Ali Dash. Um, yeah, I wanted to get into those films, but really quick, um, I, you, you haven't had the opportunity to drop your website yet. And I know you've been um, really uh, working hard at your retail website where people can buy a lot of real cool things. So why don't you oh, talk so about it's it? Not a, it's not an OnlyFans. <laughs> no, it's no. not an OnlyFans. Good. good. <laughs> not for the. <Good>. <laughs> I'm happy. I'm happy to see a woman as a real entrepreneur and like you know, <laughs> right. doing a real website. <laughs> that warms yeah, my heart. If you're going Allie. to try to find OnlyFans, you'll be very disappointed with all the <laughs> the the bookish clothing and Christmas clothing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. throw it out. Let's talk about um, it. Yeah, I'm excited. It's been taking up a lot of my time, um, but I am very excited. Um, it's just me and my husband's um, business, so been doing a lot of work for um work on it um we sell t-shirts um clothing hoodies um we also sell like notebooks and book sleeves and um we've got um what's it called 
said notebook. Sorry. Anything um, bookish, really, right? Yeah. Like um, pocket protectors. Of, yeah, we've got lots of book sleeves that um, my husband makes by hand. Um, they've been really popular, and um, you've also got like decor, like canvas, like canvas wraps you can hang on your wall. Um, we're going to be adding some other new stuff um, to the website soon. Um, a lot of it's like book related stuff, but we also have um, some other like cool, just like Christmas stuff. Um, we've still got a few like spooky, um, spooky vibe stuff. And um, if any Filipino listeners, I also um, yes. have a Filipino collection on there. Uh, yes. So if you're like interested in a Christmas sweater <laughs> that says Maligayang Pasco. Which uh, I am. I am. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> that means Merry Christmas in Tagalog, the Filipino language. Uh, don't we all know that? Come on. Uh, you should know that one. <laughs> Ali, yeah. you, you've talked about everything except for the link, so throw it out. Oh, yes. Uh, sorry. <laughs> that would be very helpful. Spoke like a true uh, marketer. <laughs> I know. So our website is um, thecraftybookasaurus.com. So that's the... Uh, <laughs> are you laughing at our name? <laughs> it's a tough, it's yes, a tough yes. one to memorize, yes? It's um, T-H-E, Crafty, C-R-A-F-T-Y, and then Bookasaurus. It's a little cheesy, but it's fun. Um, so B-O-O-K-A-S-A-U-R-U-S. I'm it right now. The Crafty Bookasaurus. Yes. Book sleeves, pouches, bags, notebooks, a lot of stuff that you design. Okay. You're, actually, you're actually one of the models of the, your own T-shirt. I see that. In the Book Lovers yep. Collection. Yes. Yes. The North That's Pole Book Club. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Um, Allie, uh, we got um, – well, first of all, of course, go to uh, the Crafty Book Asaurus for your book bookish needs for the holidays, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Any book Very lovers cool. out there like myself, definitely check it out. All right. We'll have some more – There was a, was, a, was a promote strippers and porn stars on the show. <laughs> and, and now we're promoting Jesse, like – you know, like book attire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Times have definitely changed. Times have definitely changed, man. Hey, the book world is starting to get popular. And if you've ever heard of like book talk on TikTok, yeah, yeah. taking over. Well, ironically, one of our yeah. highest listened uh, interviews on on our BTB uh, archives is um, porn star Melly Marks. So we might have to bring back the porn stars on Below the Belt show. <laughs> <laughs> so, so do you all design your own, um, your own T-shirts? Yeah, so all the um, like clothing and all that stuff I design, um, and then um, Michael makes uh, all like the book sleeves and stuff by hand. He's Your the hubby. yep, he's the one who's like a lot better with um, making things and sewing and all that. Where I'm better at like designing, and then I'm the one who like put together the website and designed everything and all that fun stuff. Yeah, so very great cool team design. Effort. A nice, Thank nice you. On the site too. Yeah, the, the site looks great, Ali. So Thank please you. support BTV's own Ali Dash um, in her uh, entrepreneurial endeavors. Um, but uh, we got something else to promote, don't we, Ali Dash? Yes, we do. Yes, uh, yours truly and Ali Dash will be on the big screen in Greenbelt, Maryland. This is for our. Uh, our local listeners in the DMV, um, maybe you wanted to see uh, your favorite BTB hosts uh, act in a uh, in a film. And we're doing, uh, well, actually, uh, myself and Ali are in two films that will be sh- uh, screening, right? 
Yeah. That's uh, Pinot Noir, which is kind of a play on words on Pinot Noir, the wine. <laughs> Pinot <laughs> being a Filipino. Yeah. Um, also, we'll be premiering Pinot Noir 2, the case of the sisters. Um, we'll also be uh, screening The House Guest. Uh, and um, the sequel of The House Guest is a holiday film called The Very Merry Mahusai and Ali Dash. Uh, tell us about your character uh, on uh, this film, VMM. So I play um, the character Chet, who is kind of like the dumb wing um, partner of your character. He's not the smartest, um, and I play his, uh, I think, girlfriend or wife, um, and I'm not very happy with and i think we're related i think you're like my cousin yeah anytime anytime he hangs out with my character who is uh um previously known as ct i guess it'll be revealed in the film um uh how that goes down but uh yeah so so you you get get all the the looks in the family i got all the looks in the family yes i was talking to Allie. oh Okay, okay. Jeez. That was cool, Chachi. Wow. <laughs> this is supposed to be the season of, of, of giving. Cool. You know? um, well, so I thought, the joke was, I thought Ali was going to say um, thank you or something like that. And then I was going to say I was talking to Al, but then you had to jump in and, and already um, <laughs> oh, I'm saying it. <laughs> you kind of twisted the whole joke up, but it, it still worked, I think. I appreciate it, though. <laughs> Um, this is going to be Monday, December 19th at the Old Greenbelt Theater in Greenbelt, Maryland. Very close to College Park, Silver Spring, you know, um, not too far for, for people in the Baltimore region, the D.C. region, the Northern Virginia region. Heck, come from New York, Philly, wherever the fuck you are. Come down and see our film. Monday. <laughs> no one's doing anything on Monday night, December 19th. They want to see some Christmas films and God damn it. We're going to do it. <laughs> uh, Jesse Fresco, you're going to be in New York. Sadly, you won't be able to make it. Yeah. But, uh, I'm going to be back up there in New York for a little while. Um, okay. I'm going back up on the 16th for a social mixer with like a cinematographer's ball. I think it's what it's called. Basically it's to establish contacts for people in New York. So, so I can get work in January. That's very important. That's very important, but you mm-hmm. have, hopefully you'll make the next one. Uh, but if you want to learn more about uh, A Very Merry Mahuzai, the, the screening, as well as uh, other films, you can check out Barkada DMV, that's B-A-R-K-A-D-A, on Facebook and Instagram, everything Barkada DMV. Um, you'll be able to find us and check out the films. All right, awesome. So tonight, um, no celebrity callers, even though everybody is a celebrity here, right, in some way. Um, we... Um, Gosh, we are so happy to present these interviews for you guys. The little film, the little horror film that could, budgeted at $200,000, and it made over $10 million in the box office. Yours truly, Al Soto, goes to Monster Mania and Oaks PA and interviews the cast and the crew of Terrifier 2. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, that's right, Jesse. We got director, writer... Damien Leone, who just signed with William Morris Endeavor, man. This guy's blowing up. Uh, casting uh, director and producer Jason Levy. Lauren Lavera, the lead actress who plays Sienna and the final girl. 
Oh, is that a spoiler? Whoops, sorry. Uh, <laughs> and Elliot Fulham, <laughs> the actor that plays Jonathan, Sienna's brother. Um, this is uh, pretty awesome for BTB. The cast and crew were so kind to us at uh, Monster Mania, weren't they, Chachi? Um, oh, yeah, and they, and they all were loving life. I mean, all of them just to be involved in this and was watched, you know, this film just blow up. You know, it's, it was, it's amazing. I think it's every indie filmmaker's dream. I know, Jesse, you've you've produced some independent films yourself. Um, mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on a film that, that <clears throat> makes over 10 million at the box office budgeted only 200,000? I mean, that's. Oh, it's huge. That's an enormous uh, return on investment. In order for a film to make profit, you have to make twice your production budget. So that made enormous amounts of money. Right. Absolutely. And there's plans for a third film. So they're going to they're going to definitely move forward with a third movie. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. plans. They're definitely doing it. They're definitely, they're definitely doing, doing it. it. I mean, that's one of those out. franchises that no you spoiler, right? Yeah, I, I, I am not huge into the Terrifier movies. I appreciate the gore effects; they're great. But the first film, I think, is very poorly made. There's a lot of really bad editing. There's some. The dialogue is like porn actor level bad. Um, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, the second one is a little bit better. Um, it's better shot. There's more to it, but it's like two and a half hours for no reason. <laughs> wow. It's it's too damn long. Um, and also the the gore effects are really good, but it gets to the point where it's just that's the only reason for the movie to exist. There's one specific kill in a bedroom, and it goes on for about 15 minutes, <laughs> and it's it's like obscene to the point where it's like a human being does not have that much blood in their body. It's <laughs> it's it's almost. Jesus. Yeah, but it's it's so realistic though that it's it's not really you can't laugh at it. It's not like uh, Peter Jackson's early horror movies like uh, uh, Bad Taste or uh, Brain Dead, where it's so over the top you can laugh at it. It right. looks realistic, so it's hard to laugh at it. Yeah, well, that's the thing about practical effects. Sometimes it's just the way to go over the CG uh, effects. So uh, when you're doing those gory practical effects and then you get that aspect right it, it definitely adds a little more of a a horror you know realistic feel to it you know and it mm-hmm. makes it a hundred times more scary than anything with cg yeah. um so uh yes we um we talked to uh the director the producer the stars of terrifier 2 we're going to be uh playing damien and jason's interview at the half and uh closing out with lauren and elliot's interview so uh, we're excited about that. Um, but yeah, but without further ado, lots of stuff in the world of entertainment, right? Right? So here we go. It is time for the Hollywood Report. That's hot. That's bananas. That's off the chain. That's right. Everything going on in the world of entertainment, BTB style. All right. So let's start with uh, the box office. I mean, it was the holiday weekend, you know, for Thanksgiving and then, you know, another week after that. So they didn't expect the box office to be <clears throat> that crazy. But nonetheless, Black Panther Wakanda Forever for the fourth week in a row uh, was the number one movie. Um Raked an additional 17.6 million, um, so uh, no surprise there. There hasn't been really been a big one. Uh, the second place film is Violent Night with David Harbor and mm. 
uh, the one and only John Leguizamo, who uh, you can uh, listen to our interview with John Leguizamo from Baltimore Comic-Con on BelowTheBeltShow.com. Um, he plays the villain in that, and that's yeah. the number two movie. Has anyone seen um, Violent no. Night? I was going to ask. Yeah, I saw it tonight. Would... You saw it tonight? How was it? Yes. I mean, it was it was okay. It was okay. It was like, um, I mean, David Harbour did a great job um, playing the kind of bad Santa type of character, but a protagonist nonetheless. Right. Exactly. Um, I mean, it probably could have been better with a couple more script rewrites, but oh wow, but what I would enjoyed you have changed? It. I don't know. Um, some of the family dynamics. Um, okay. Oh, it was, it, was, it, was, it was good. It was, it, was some, it was some good parts I enjoyed. You know, I like really... I think I think it's it more of like a Netflix type of movie. I think okay. you know it, it would do really well on Netflix. It's not a kind of movie you get to run out to a theater and go see. But I mean, if you want to get into the Christmas spirit, then go ahead. Well, you know, there's not really much in the theaters of it. Nope. Not much out things. now. Yeah, uh, than what what we saw. I mean, there um, is stuff out, but just no one's going to the movies. That's <laughs> the thing. It's like. Everyone yeah. politically has seen that there's a giant recession on the way, maybe even a depression. Right. Like the housing market's about to collapse again. That's uh, so that's... everyone's like, yeah, we're saving our money. <laughs> we're just well, going to stay home. The, with all the, like the bigger films coming out on streaming services and stuff. A yeah, lot of like, more. do I spend money? And... I haven't been in a theater since March, April. I don't go to theaters anymore. I just I just want to be at home to watch it on my own, not be in a th- people are loud, they're obnoxious. Mm-hmm. People bring their fucking kids <laughs> and they they're screaming through the whole movie and I'm like I just want to watch the movie. You know, That's and just, how I am. Miss, people are inconsiderate movies. You're going to take a while to watch Marvel ones I will right? go. Yeah. Um, you're going to have to make exception for that, right? I still haven't seen the new Black Panther. I don't, I don't th- what was the last Marvel movie I saw in a theater? I think it was No Way Home. And that was that last was year. That was, that was last year. Yeah. The so last third... one I saw was in January was No Way Home. Yeah. No Way Home. I need to get to the yeah. theater. Phase yeah. four has been a mess. <laughs> what a mess. It, it really has. It really has. <laughs> There's like a few good ones and the rest are kind of like, eh, they're fine. You know, yeah. Chacha, you said the same thing. Yeah. With yeah. The Spider-Man, There's no direction. No Way Home. There's no goal. Like, what's the goal now? You know? <laughs> yeah. Because the phase three ended with Endgame. You know, yeah, and that, like, that was like, so. But it's called Endgame, as in end. And is a, it was very um, collaborative, you know, yeah. and comprehensive. That, nothing ever ends anymore. There's still money to be made. Right. You ever seen, you ever seen that bit from Mystery Science Theater uh, where Servo keeps screaming out, "End, end." <laughs> there you go. That's how I feel about the Marvel Cinematic. Right. right. End, yeah. Yeah. please. But you're talking about Disney, like Star Wars and Marvel uh, never end. Yeah, well, that's speaking true. Speaking of Star Wars, I did finally watch Andor. Andor is fantastic. Yeah, no, we Holy talked about Andor shit, last week. That was week. great, dude. We talked about Andor last week. Um, yeah. Chachi, have you finished it? No, I haven't started it yet. Oh, uh, you haven't even started it yet. Oh, it's I, good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch it over the winter. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was uh, definitely, it's definitely not for kids. Um, you know, because the the whole. F- you know, the Mandalorian had Baby Yoda. You know, and that had the that aspect for the family. Uh, but uh, Andor, uh, yeah, certainly was a more um, cerebral type of show. Um, now, do you sure. see any other? I mean, don't spoil it, but do you see any other characters from the Star Wars universe that we know in there besides what you saw on? Um, 
Um, I, I'm not, without any spoilers, I would just, the only characters you'll see are those in Rogue One. That's, that's the only ones. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's yeah. no, there's no comedy relief in the show, which is, makes me very happy. Yeah, there is none. You're no, really... there's, I don't think I laughed even once, which is, uh, which is, you know, <laughs> not, not that that's a bad thing. It's like, it's right. It's, it is the tone. Like it is the story. It, I actually said, if you move that story to uh 1940s Nazi occupied France and it was about the French resistance it's the same story. Oh, it's the same story. Like it, there's there's really the only Star Wars is not necessarily a story, it's more wallpaper. It's a setting. You can it's like a bucket you can put anything into. That's what mm-hmm. it is. You can have a western, you can have an action story, you can have a sci-fi story, you can have a a war story. You can put anything into it. It's just that oh, instead of it being rifles, it's blasters. Instead of it being instead of it being fighter planes, it's X wings. Like it's that's all it is. It's just wallpaper dressed over top of other stuff. Okay. Yeah, but I was saying you didn't laugh at all during Andor. It doesn't say much because I didn't laugh at all during the new trilogy. So. Oh well, everybody (laughs) hates the new trilogy. That thing shot itself in the foot so many times that it blew his whole leg off. Okay. (laughs) I got actually a tidbit on that. That's a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest. (laughs) I got a tidbit on that actually. That that's gonna come a little later in the the notes, but uh. The third, uh, fourth, and fifth movies, uh, respectively, are Strange World, The Menu, and Devotion. Um, we talked about The Menu last week, but uh, it, it is yeah, a... Menu should be higher in that list. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's why a highly, people... Very highly recommended film. That's why uh, people just, get these shit movies, because they're not going to go see The Menu, and they're going to go see um, a lot of dumb movies. Yeah, like the one I'm going to talk about now, but Jesse, I highly recommend The Menu. I think it's your kind of film. Yeah, I've, I've I've wanted to see that. I'm just waiting for it to hit streaming. I just don't want to go to a theater. That completely I just don't. makes sense. I, I will pay the money, the extra. I will pay the twenty dollars to watch it in my house. There you go. There's always an option. Theater. I will wait. You know. Well, there is another film that uh, could break the box office. We probably will, and that's Avatar: The Way of the Water. Who cares? Now reviews are embargoed <laughs> until um, <laughs> next week. However, that's not good. People can talk about the visual effects and what they saw. They can't and talk about the story or the acting or exactly. the characters or the cinematography. Just it looks really pretty. No, it shit. looks really good. It's a billion dollar movie. It better fucking yep. look good. Well, one person, one reviewer said the sequel has much better and deeper character development. I, I guess they were allowed to say that. They have to be really broad about their uh, reviews and. Um, um, one called it a visual masterpiece with rich use of 3D and breathtaking vistas. Okay. Uh, um, another reviewer said James Cameron is a technology master, and his direction is at its most precise here. Um, another reviewer, it's a mesmerizing beauty in every frame. Wow. Okay. Okay. See, I'm real curious though. No one's saying it is if the 3D, the 3D is better than the first. Yeah, no one's alluding to that aspect. Because um, if the 3D is the same as the first one, that's going to be very disappointing because they didn't compare. Everybody else is caught up to the first they, Avatar. Yeah, but one said that there was rich use of 3D. Um, okay, but didn't really compare it to the first one. So. But yeah, Avatar The Way of the Water. That's the next uh, big blockbuster film coming out. Um, I'm sure uh, I'm sure I'm probably going to be there uh, to check it out. Um, yeah, it's going to make a lot of money, but I just I don't I don't see his the demand for like Yeah. Was yeah. it like 
five more films that he wants to do after this? Well, he's already uh, uh, two seven. and three. Yeah, two and three are already done. Right. Um, okay. So he's got four and five um, that he needs to shoot if he wants. And then he wants he, six and seven. So is that, like his is, kids is take that, over. Is that why the budget inflated so much? Because he shot two movies at the same time. <laughs> that could be it. Yeah. No, no, no. Because this is just. If anything, this film, you actually save money, don't you? The, the whole Lord of the Rings. Yeah, thing you would right? save it. Yeah. Well, not... yeah, you spread the budget across multiple movies. Right. I know that the the CGI has been experimental on that because it's underwater, so it's underwater uh, motion capture. That's why it looks, you know, like they're underwater. Like they did shoot it underwater. Not like uh, uh, Aquaman, right? That didn't really look. No, it's that that dry for wet look. Yeah, that's not yeah. That it did. didn't really work for Aquaman, but let's yeah, see what they did. Aquaman um, just is an ugly movie movie all the way around. <laughs> yeah, or the prequels to Star Wars. Yeah. Well, those oh, are those yeah. are bad because the technology just wasn't there. Exactly. Yet. Right. Yeah, that's a long time ago. Yeah. You try to watch Attack of the Clones now, and you're just like, oh god, why does it look like a PS2 video game? Oh yeah. <laughs> so bad. Oh yeah. Oh Number man. two is DC on my list. That's interesting that we brought up Aquaman, but uh, so interesting. Uh, Chachi, you sent me this that uh, that Black Adam ended up, even though it did well in the box office, it's still considered a bomb. Um, Took too because- long to make. Yeah, well, um, they end they could end uh, end up losing about a hundred million when everything is said and sure. done, which is about the same as the reported budget of the Batgirl movie that they scrapped. So um, why are they not releasing that? I did hear recently the directors yeah. of Batgirl got together with James Gunn recently, and oh. they're discussing possibly finding a way to get that out. I think it should be on HBO Max. I think yeah, just just release it. Like before HBO Max rebrands itself, just dump it online. James if Gunn. The movie's uh, done. Just release it. Now that he's in charge. They, they rather have the tax break though. Yeah. Uh, the only way they want to do the tax do. break is they I know got, that it's it. going to suck. They're going to wait until after tax season and then they're going to dump it online. Okay. Put money on the table. They're going to wait until they get the tax break and then they're going to put it online. Yeah. Well, the thing about Black Adam is apparently they're a long way short of the reported $600 million needed to break even. Mm. See, that's, so. that's part of the problem. I mean, you're making these movies, and for $600 million to break even, I mean, it's ridiculous. And that's Yeah, especially well, could, like you, not every movie can be, be like Avatar. We have to make $2 billion to break even. Yeah, it's, it's insane. Yeah. Yeah, very, very but true. But don't have to cost so much, guys. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, uh, like it's just from the special effects. Yeah, it's just special effects. It's mostly just visual effects. Is the reason why it costs so much. Mm-hmm. It's not uh, actors, you know. It's, it's yeah, crazy. and expect that for also the upcoming Flash movie that set a new release date of June sixteenth, twenty twenty three. I can't wait for that tire fire to hit theaters. <laughs> yeah, here <laughs> we all know about uh, Ezra Miller and his. Uh, is a controversy offset and uh you know we'll just see hopefully this will answer a lot of questions uh, that people want to know about the whole dceu and the multiverse and everything um well, that was finally being quiet now right What's oh that? ezra ezra's being quiet yeah, yeah because he, yeah you know he was told to apologize and that he's seeking mental help uh mental health um you know help um, which he d- definitely needs, obviously. I mean, you know, you, you had a couple of like, very public meltdowns and, and public fights and 
Um, you know, it's it's. I mean, when you are the star of a DCEU franchise uh, and you fuck around like that and you're putting your career on the line, it's just. I don't know. It's is it worth it? You know, <laughs> it's like like so there's got to be something uh, on the mental health side affecting. Uh, well, between yeah, between Ezra and Kanye, there's gonna be some like real money in that field coming up. <laughs> right, right, absolutely. Um, and then DC also has Blue Beetle. Um, they just dropped a, a, a poster of the Blue Beetle Scarab. And Blue Beetle is a character that really hasn't had a um, – I'm sure they had it somewhere in the, the Arrowverse, CWverse, but uh, in the movies, uh, there hasn't been a live action until um, until we see the upcoming movie in August of 2023 with uh, Cobra Kai's uh, Cholo Madreña playing uh, the Blue Beetle himself. So, uh, oh, is that how you pronounce his name? I had no idea how you pronounce his name. Yeah, Cholo Madreña, yeah. It's just the opposite the- of whatever you think it would be. Like, yeah, I thought it was Zolo. I was like, yeah, that ain't right. Zolo, Zolo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, part of the problem is people are getting burned out with all these superhero movies. I mean, there's like a, a billion of them, and now we're yeah. doing characters that no one ever cared about. And, and yeah, they like, and they, and they have budgets for like 600 million. I'm wondering why it's not hitting it. Yeah, they got the rock, and he's like yeah. the box office. Heard, heard you know, even Black making a lot. Even Black Panther's making a lot, lot less than they um, thought it was going to do. Like, it was really yeah. slumping second week. Yeah. Is The Rock a box office hero? Because every movie he's been in has been mostly mediocre. Well, he's definitely the number one paid, uh, highest paid actor uh, right now. Um, and well, he plays himself in every movie. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. if, if anything, this particular Black Panther, so not Black Panther, but Black Adam movie, he did play a little bit of a less charismatic character, more stern, you know, a stoic character. Yeah. <clears throat> he's playing um, his wrestler character. <laughs> well, no, his, his, the Rock was very charismatic and very, very, uh, you know, very much like Dwayne's, uh, you know, the majority of his movies, though. But uh, uh, the best but, thing The yeah. Rock has done is that um, Young Rock um, TV show. That is a good show. Oh, show. I'm, I'm behind on that, but I it oh, like, like if you have ever been any fan of wrestling, like it's it's a really entertaining show. It's a funny. I mean, it's, it's it's a sitcom, so you you know you know what you're getting into, but it's this. Yeah. Some funny, like really funny jokes, and then you know they have a lot of characters and storylines from the 80s and 90s, um, from wrestling in 2000s, and you get to see Rock and his whole career, and you get to see people like, like Macho Man and Hogan and Vince McMahon, and all these characters are on the, on there. I love all that. That's the old school. Yeah, it's a really yeah. entertaining, um, entertaining show. Yeah, it's uh, it's on the two watch list. There's too many shows on my two watch list, but. Uh, but moving on to number three is uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer for Volume Three. Wow, guys, it looks really awesome. We got a glimpse at um, Adam Warlock, played by Will Poulter. You might know him from Dope Sick, The Maze Runner, Midsummer. And uh, if you didn't know who Warlock is, he's an all-powerful artificial being created to destroy the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, and um yeah i know it's uh it's james guns i think this is pretty much his swan song with marvel right because he is yeah uh, yeah after this he's out he's out you know and we we love that uh, holiday special um so that was a kind of a nice way to uh end uh phase four but i can't wait to watch uh guardians volume three which hits theaters may 5th um did anyone get a chance to check out the trailer the guardians uh volume three i did yeah, yeah, it looks good. It looks like a James Gunn movie. <laughs> it looks like every other 
Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Yes. <laughs> I'm excited, though. I, lo- I love the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, there's a lot of humor uh, in there, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, it's the so- few sets of movies in that universe that actually feel like they have real personality and a director's vision. Yes. Yes. You know, like, is there a director's vision to Ant-Man and the Wasp? Yeah. Yeah, they just feel like they're just kind of going through the motions. Yeah, I don't agree with that. Yeah, I think, um, like, maybe Taika Waititi and James Gunn, I think they have that uh, that vision of, of knowing how to put the films in the right direction, you know. Well, and where unless, else, it's, okay. unless it's the most recent Thor, and then it's just a comedy mess. <laughs> I still need to see that one. I'm like... It's on Disney I'm Plus usually, now. It's on Disney Plus sh- now, Ali. I know. It's, it's like I'm, not even 90 minutes. <laughs> it's a short one, yeah. It's surprised. very short. Because there's nothing I've been there's so nothing bad about seeing and like watching anything lately. I no, need to get a, on. Like I have so many wa- things I need to watch. Ass. He's bare-assed in this one. So. Of course, I, mean, I mean, James Gunn's somebody that you never hear about that he was fired or, or anything about that. You know, like... Anybody else who comes back after having something like he had, you always hear like, you know, disgraced James Gunn or like, you know, or like. They forgot about it quickly. The the crazy thing, though, is Disney or Marvel knew about it. Like when he was hired, like they all knew, like it was not something like new that was discovered. It was like, so that's like what kind of like, it's just fucking messed up. Yeah. Well, of course, corporations, they're always like, oh, we never knew this. Oh, my God. What's going on? Like, this is shocking to us. No, it was like something that. that was already addressed through the take through their social media and stuff. And like, yeah. I mean, it was hidden like in social media. It was pretty much out there. It was, but uh, he had, yeah, like apologized for it, like grew up. And, he like, got uncanceled. He's they, one of the few celebrities that got uncanceled. If you think about it, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, there's not many that have been able to come back, you know. Everybody does like, dumb shit when they're young. It's fun. Mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. And you know, Stop. again, at the, the days, it's just tweets and posts. That's yeah. all it was. And it's also pretty much how talented you are too. That helps. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's super talented. You can make a lot of money for a company. Like they are somehow more finally. willing to forget about stuff. Yeah. yeah. I feel you like Kanye re- West is. Yeah. Forever yeah. canceled. I think there's a. Oh, yeah, he might be. I yeah. don't that's, think there's any coming. That's a long road for redemption yeah. for him. Oh like, God, how I, deep does that well go? Yeah, God, I haven't used good on Kanye, but I'll I'll say that towards the end because uh, as during our gossip talk. But uh, number four is the Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny trailer. This is the fifth installment of Harrison Ford's uh, adventure franchise. It's going to be. Released on June 30th, 2023. I think that's part of the reason why they moved up uh, the um, the Flash film was because of uh, they didn't want to be have it too close to Indiana Jones. But wow, they used the de-aging technology on Harrison Ford that looked fantastic. Um, it looked fantastic. The trailer looked great. I don't know if anyone uh, was uh, happy with the trailer. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the trailer looked amazing, but Disney's not going to trick me on this because they're <laughs> going to put out a great trailer. Like they're going to like yeah. not show you all the all the bullshit that's in the in the film that they're going to shove in there. Uh oh, like, is it Disney that owns it now? Yeah, oh, yeah, Lucasfilm. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. It does fall under Lucasfilm. Yeah, yeah. so I always forget that Disney owns everything. Yeah, and this is the problem with it. Like, I'd be happy if this was like the final film for Indiana Jones and like this whole franchise and it's going to just go out and try to go out on top but 
you know Disney, they're going to sit there and like they're going to insert stuff in there to try to make this go on forever, and it's going to be like, like. Despite Harrison's wishes, he doesn't want anybody to portray Indiana Jones. He, but he they're not going to be Indiana. They're not going to be Indiana Jones. They're going to be another character, but it's going to be in the same like universe. Universe. Right. Yeah. There yeah, was. I mean, there's been talk recently of um a prequel show, um basically about uh Marianne Ravenwood's father that gets referenced in the first film in Raiders. Huh. There was talk about uh, doing a show about him, so it would be in the universe of Indiana Jones, but it's not about Indiana Jones. Right. Yeah. Basically, just... it's also known as being desperate to continue a franchise. <laughs> right. Uh, right. They they don't want to leave any money on the table yeah, at all. Not everything needs to be going on forever, man. Some yeah, stuff I know. Harrison Ford is end. 80 years old. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? Let this be this last film. He 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 ended his career, you know, his franchise career with Star Wars and, and you know, in The Last Jedi and then or Force Awakens. And then he uh of course uh, ends it uh with Indiana Jones unless he does more films, but uh you know, it's kind of a good way to bookend those franchises, you know. And, uh, yeah, but I mean, it didn't turn out too well with Star Wars. Hopefully, it ends up better than this, and it's got to right. be better than Crystal Skull. So, exactly. So, but number mm-hmm. five on my list is Cocaine Bear, and that trailer, wow! One <laughs> <laughs> is a my god. So, if you're not familiar with this cocaine, it's actually loosely based on a, a real story in 1985, yeah. where um, <laughs> where Andrew, a smuggler named Andrew was on cocaine back in '85. <laughs> yeah, Andrew Thornton actually uh, offloaded a duffel bag of cocaine over northern Georgia, and a black bear, 175-pound black bear, ingested the cocaine. And Why's it got black bear? That's the breed of bear. Most uh, bears cocaine in the 80s were white. Right. <laughs> so the uh, the bear overdosed and was discovered three months later, next to the 40 plastic containers of cocaine. Oh my God. Wait, 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 wait. So. So by saying it's based on a true story, the only thing that happened was the bear got into cocaine and died. Well, yeah, and then this one, the, the cocaine gets... There was the, no rampage or anything. The bear goes on a, a cocaine-fueled rampage. So that's yeah, not based that's on a true story. That's fictionalizing the hell out of it. The bear did cocaine and died. And the, the, the actual, the actual chain of events is somewhat true. And, you know, they amped it up with, with the, all the comedy. Carrie Russell, Mar- Margot Martindale... O'Shea Jackson Jr. That's Ice Cube Jr. to you, Chachi. Um, Jesse Tyler it's Ferguson. Like, I mean, I mean, it's like it's like saying Wizard of Oz was based on a true story because some girl named Dorothy lived in Kansas. <laughs> but uh, I should definitely point out this is Ray Liotta's final acting, one of his final. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Didn't he die in the middle of production on this? No, he was on another project. Oh, um, okay. okay. I believe somewhere outside of the country. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so, uh, yeah, so. I, mean, I don't know who involved in this film, like named it Cocaine Bear, but whoever did that should definitely get a huge bonus because I'm going <laughs> to say the movie is based on that title alone. Yeah. Is it, isn't so. it based on like a true event? Yeah, like, like it actually happened in yeah. 1985. A convicted drug smuggler uh, left the, the duffel bag of cocaine. That, that was actually actual <laughs> but events. The bear just died. But the bear just died and like, nothing the bear happened. Just died in, in real, <laughs> real events, yeah. yeah. Okay. So Someone, uh, like, that's a, read that's the a news. Movie. Yeah, that's a movie. Like, yeah. Let's go with it. But the trailer, the trailer looks amazing, and it looks super funny, and it's like it does. It does. It's kind of like those snakes on the plane for 2020s. <laughs> yeah. I dig it. Uh, one more trailer to discuss is Alice Darling with one of my favorites, Anna Kendrick. 
this is uh, directed by Mary Nye, um, who's the daughter of um, living actor Bill Nye, um, and uh, apparently also her directorial debut, um, and was actually in the Toronto Film Festival. And apparently, uh, they're lot, they're saying this is one of Anna Kendrick's finest acting roles. Oh. As she is, uh, her character is pushed to the breaking point by her psychologically abusive boyfriend, uh, and goes on a vacation with two girlfriends. And um, apparently, I'm sure that uh, the uh, uh, the abusive boyfriend rears his head again. I'm sure, uh, saying too much. But uh, they say this is, uh, yeah, they're talking about how great her acting is in that one. So, as far as so use. So this is a, you said Bill Nye's daughter directs it. Yeah, her name Bill is Bill Nye, not Nye. Nye. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Does it the science Nye. guy? Yeah, Bill yeah, Nye, not the science, science guy. guy, the other dude. Yeah, Nye. I'm like, I didn't know he even had a daughter, and I was different. curious. I'm like, there's no way that daughter's attractive. <laughs> You'll be surprised at some daughters, man. I'll tell you. Sometimes, but like, I don't, I don't know. If you get to put money on Bill, Bill Nye having an attractive daughter, would you put money on it? Ah, it depends on how, what his wife looks like. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, oh wow, this is Bong Joon Ho, the director of Parasite, as you know, a Parasite, one of the the Oscar-winning films, uh, one of the first of uh, foreign films to, be, uh, to win Best Picture. He's working on his next film, which is going to drop March of 2024, and it's a sci-fi drama. Uh, and it's not going to be all Korean, you know, cast in, in Korean. It's actually going to be an American film. And it's Robert Pattinson, the Batman, Stephen Yun, which is a favorite of uh, Bong Joon Ho from Walking Dead, Naomi Aki, Tony Collette, and Mark Ruffalo. Wow. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's called Mickey 17. And uh, concerns an expendable, an employee on a human expedition sent to colonize an ice world. Wow. And after one version of him dies, a new body is regenerated with most of his memories intact. That sounds pretty cool. It does. And we know that American. Is that what he is? It sounds like it, right? (laughs) Yeah. So he dies and he gets his consciousness gets transported to another body, basically. It sounds like, yeah, it sounds like Altered Carbon. It sounds like uh, yeah, a lot of those AI uh, films out there. But, uh, definitely no, but you, you definitely tell that he's not American because mm-hmm. if an American um, created, like, Parasite, there'd be, like, 13 um, sequels already. However, <laughs> that was. And he's doing a totally different kind of movie. You know, not totally doing a different. sequel or nothing. Mm-hmm. He does it's, original it's, stuff, man. It's good stuff, crazy, right? Yeah. We gotta respect that. You have to respect people with original uh, original content. Yeah, Parasite was great. Phenomenal, phenomenal film. I still think how creepy it is that that final scene. If you haven't seen it, please see it. Um, all right. Uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife has a new director for the sequel. Um, Gil Keenan will direct. Um, Jason Reitman um, wrote the film. He directed the first film. Of course, his father sadly passed away, but. Um, Nonetheless, um, yeah, new new director uh, for this. Uh, Chachi, are you scared that uh, it might not have the same? I know you love the the first Ghostbusters Afterlife. Right, right. Well, I'm happy that Jason Reitman wrote it, um, the the sequel, so that, yeah. that makes sense. You know, unlike 
Star Wars where you just let whoever do um, each sequel and like you don't care about it. Exactly. Kind of let me take a wild guess. Like Let me take a wild guess. The villain's going to be Vigo. It's going to be. Yeah, you're right. Uh, it's just, it... Why? <laughs> you know, I heard... You're right. There's so many different things they could do with it, you know, instead of trying to like kind of redo the part two, but... Right. Oh, yeah. I, I guess there's more money to be made in a villain that people know. And you love the part two. You love the film. You love the first film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, now this director, I mean, this director has like a kind of a shitty resume besides doing the last Scream movie. Yeah. Like, definitely not somebody that you know with a long resume that you should give the Ghostbusters franchise to. Yeah. But Poltergeist, director is what it is. Monster House, a boy called Christmas. Yeah, not yeah. too much. They're a controllable yeah. director. They can be told what to do because they don't have a big resume. Right. Okay. So that's well, why they gave him Scream. Mm-hmm. Last one. Oh, he had Scream as well, right? Yeah, to do what you told. He did the last Scream. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. All right. Um, the Margot Robbie Pirates of the Caribbean. It's kind of weird. The Scream doesn't have any kind of special effects or anything, really, like that it's going to be like in Ghostbusters. So it's going to be a totally yeah. different for him to direct. That would be interesting, yeah. That's another interesting point. Um, but uh, Pirates of the Caribbean 6 apparently is uh, going to move forward. However, the Margot Robbie spinoff is not completely dead. It's actually, um, apparently, will still happen, or very well still uh, still ha- could happen, but they want to move forward with Pirate 6 first mm-hmm. and make it more of a French, like more of a, um, more of a franchise film, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. uh, Based in the uh, universe, but not, in the year, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it'd be smart to have Margot Robbie in this one with Johnny Depp, and then spin her off into a separate one if they want to do that. That that feels if like that was the character. Just, I feel like there's no reason to do that other than the fact that it's Margot Robbie and they have her under contract. Yeah. yeah. I just, I just don't feel the point. Like, is, is there still a drive or a draw for Pirates at this point? Well, you know, um, Johnny Depp, uh, you know, was found not guilty, you know, of uh. I mean, just like in terms so, of just like going to the movies to see a pirate movie. No, I think only only to see Johnny Depp. I think with Margot Robbie would have flopped if they tried to like, you know, re- reboot it with her. But I think people will go to see it just because people support Johnny Depp and they think that he was done wrong and they would go to see him in Pirates again. There you go. And he, he's gonna pay. He'll, he'll get paid a shitload of money. By Disney, because mm-hmm. I'm sure he held out for a huge payday. It was it was important for him to win that case for him to be back. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jesse, I know you're happy about this one. The um, spinoff of John Wick, Ballerina. Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering if that was going to move forward. Yeah. <clears throat> Anna de Armas is the young female assassin, which was already announced, but they just added Lance Reddick. Oh, so we know he's not going to die in the movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That kind of gives it away. The fact that you cast him in the movie, it's like, oh, well, we know he's not going to die. <laughs> oh, the John Wick 4, right? Yeah. Yeah, we know he's... I don't think that it even takes place in New York. As far as yeah, I know. okay. So, yeah, he's reprising his role as Sharon, the concierge at the Pivotal Continental Hotel. Yeah. Um. So that's exciting. Um. And uh, they're also doing a sequel for, for The Harder They Fall. Oh, sweet. Uh, awesome. Yes. I was wondering they're going to do that. Yeah, so Benedict Cumberbatch, James McAvoy, David Oliolo, Alfie Woodard, um, Anna Diop, who's 
career is really taking off. She was in that. Uh, you Titan said Jonathan C- Majors is back on that. Jonathan Majors. I don't see him on this cast list. Here. Is he not on the cast list? No. Why? That's I weird. Think... It's a sequel. Why is he not there? Very good question. Wow. I guess Marvel's got him locked up for the next ten years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Apparently, they yeah they start uh, production in Italy on Monday. They, he must have a conflict. Maybe he's maybe he's shooting something for yeah. Maybe he's got a direct conflict with with. Uh, oh wait, is any of the original cast coming back for that, or is it all just new people? Is it just like it's a it's another one in the universe, but it's not. Like, yeah. It's, it's not a continuing story. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, um, I think so. I think you're right. Yeah. It probably is what they're gonna what they did with the first one, where they took actual historical characters and they just made their own story with the characters. Like none of that happened. Well, yeah, so it's called The Book of Clarence, and uh, it's inspired by the classic Hollywood epic set in biblical times, tells a tale of Clarence uh, down on his luck, denizen of Jerusalem, embarking on a misguided attempt to capitalize the rise of celebrity and influence of the Messiah for his own personal gain. So hmm. uh, so it's a, it's a focus on the different aspects of um, of the novels, I guess. Yeah. Oh, okay. So maybe that you do need a different cast for that anyways, yeah. So... Um, let's see. Um, only a couple <clears throat> movie things, and I think we can. Oh, yeah, we we'll uh, finish the movie stuff. Yeah, well, uh, really, really good on time here. Um, Chachi, you'll be interesting to know that Ice Cube wants full control of the Friday film franchise. Apparently, he's got a Friday four ready to go, but apparently, Warner Brothers is standing in his way. Apparently, um, yeah, apparently, the they wanted to buy uh, the right, but so, sorry, apparently Ice Cube wanted to buy the rights of the Friday film franchise from Warner Brothers. And apparently they said no. So basically um, he can't move forward on the fourth Friday movie without the studio's blessing. And another thing, I guess with the COVID-19 vaccine mandates, um, he said that he refuses to get the vaccine. And because of that, he uh, can't work on the projects that require it. In fact, he walked away from a $9 million project. Um, I mean, he doesn't need the money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because he just didn't want to get the COVID-19 vaccine shot. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so that's why I think why he wants to, like, you know, buy the right so he can produce it on his own and not mm. go under, you know, one of the major studios that does require yeah. the vaccine. I'm still so yeah, amazed people are just like still anti-vaccine at this point, dude. It's like just, I just don't get it. Unless there's a health, yeah, concern, yeah. I mean, if you want to work, um, that's what they're requiring. Then don't uh, work. <laughs> don't don't work. Too bad. Don't work. Yeah. Yeah, right. but yeah, I think I think Friday is done. The franchise. I mean, part one was a classic. Oh, part yeah. two and three sucked, and like they've been trying to do this. For you know film. last. Uh, Last Friday, they were supposed to call it, or that's right, last Friday. Yeah, that's what called. Yep. yeah, and they're trying to do it for years, and by now, like a lot of the people who were great on the original Friday have died, you know, like the like father Eva. and Devo, yeah. and yeah. Um, I don't know how much more you can do with it, you know, really. I mean, you'd it'd have to be Chris Tucker had, had to be involved in it. It has to be Chris Tucker and Ice Cube, yeah, yeah. So we'll see, but that's not in production now, so. All yeah, right. I don't care about their fucking kids, honestly. <laughs> I really don't. All right, moving on to Netflix, guys. 
dude, this trailer looks great. It's called You People. It's a straight to whoa, Netflix. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean, You People? I know. <laughs> it's a controversial title, isn't it? <laughs> you People. It's a modern rom-com with Eddie Murphy, Jonah Hill, Neil Long. Nah, and- Eddie Murphy. No, no, no. And Lauren London. It was <laughs> funny. The trailer was funny. Oh, man. It really had me laughing. Um, but apparently uh, uh, Jonah Hill's character is trying to date Eddie Murphy's daughter. And, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's really trying too hard, you know. Um, but hmm. uh, I think it'll be fun. It's going to drop. Why won't, uh, Eddie, why won't Eddie Murphy let him date her, his daughter? Well, he's not. I guess it's not whether he he let him date it, but I guess he's just not really happy. I guess um, with with Wasn't the fact. Why isn't he happy? Um, well, based on the um, based on the trailer, we we don't get too much. I guess because when I say he was trying too hard, he was making comments about you know trying to fit in, you know, the African American culture and stuff like that, and um, and apparently, yeah, just. His his attempts to please Eddie's character went flat, basically. Uh, well, from the trailer, it looked like because Eddie didn't like him because he, he was white trying to date his daughter. Uh, well, yeah, I guess. Is that the issue? It's like an it's it's an interracial relationship. Is that the is that the it is issue? interracial? Yeah. yeah. That's the problem. Like, it, yeah. did it's twenty twenty two. Did you infer that it was that it's just because he was white? I thought well, he maybe. said you're trying to come to our neighborhood and and take our women or whatever he said at the beginning of the. The title is you people. Yeah. Yeah. Is it sensitive in twenty twenty two though? I mean, I don't know. This is in the yeah. um, like the plot description. I'm wondering if it's like him like trying too hard and trying to like. Making it creepy, kind of. Yeah. Oh, if that's yeah. the case, then yeah, okay, I understand that. That's, no, that's kind cool. of the vibe I'm getting. I haven't watched the trailer yet, though, but like. If that's the case, yeah. that I understand. Yeah, I mean, of no, course, it's always... about coming down to your neighborhood, our neighborhood, or something like that, and like. Um... <sighs> yeah. Whenever I, I hear the phrase "you people," I can't help but think of like Tropic Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, you people? What do you mean, you people? <laughs> It always reminds me of um, Bad Santa. Yeah. And they're the elf. Like, <laughs> when, um, what's his face from um, Three's Company? Um, yes. John Ritter. John Ritter, yeah. He's fantastic, yeah. Um, but, yeah. Uh, it does look fun. Comes out in January of 2023. But it seems like Eddie Murphy's playing more like the straight character again, like kind of like how what he played in like Coming to America 2. He's like the more like straight, serious type of character. So... I just, want, I just want to see old school Eddie Murphy. That's all I want to see. This funny, like loves off, crazy Eddie Murphy. You know, he's playing a little yeah. bit of that at Saturday Night Live when he hosted. But uh, you're right. Yeah. But like, you did say it comes out in January. Is that correct? January 27th. Yes. That's that's the questionable thing. Is January is typically January. a dumping ground. A dumping ground. For a lot of yep. yeah. January and September are the two months of the year where uh, studios offload garbage. <laughs> in order to get them ready for their tax season. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. But, nice but it is coming out on Netflix, so it might be different. Yeah, that's that, yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's Netflix, so okay. it's a streaming thing. Okay, that might just be the release date they had available. Exactly. Okay. Uh, more on Netflix Wednesday, the which oh, I still need so to watch. So good. Oh, my God, it was broke, amazing. Broke a <laughs> viewing record. So you can t- give us your view then. Uh, in its second week, um, so apparently it made uh, wow 411.29 million hours of viewing worldwide. Um, so that that's quite a lot. Um, 
and also scoring the most viewing time in a single week. Um, so yeah, so um, Wednesday is now the number three in Netflix all-time ranking English language series. Damn, That's <laughs> awesome. what's number two and one? I'm guessing Stranger Things. Yes, uh, Stranger Things and Squid Game. Yeah, oh man, that makes yeah. sense. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Which it was shocking to me because you know I don't, I don't think everybody was clamoring for the Adams Family before this came out. Well, it's not really the Adams Family. It's a family. different it's, take it's, on it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, no, no, exactly. But but it's based on all the Adam Family characters, and I don't think yeah. the general public was, you know, huge Adam Family fans. I mean, I guess maybe from the couple recent movies, but but I don't know. People watching Netflix are probably too young to even remember the movies. Yeah. Well, but that's it, true. People, I think people mostly know it from meme culture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. But the best thing about Wednesday is Jenna Ortega. She's she was just, oh, she's great. Yeah. She was so she was good. And then I loved getting to see um, Christina Ricci also plays um, one of the teachers. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. it was really cool getting to see the movie Wednesday. Um, have, Chachi, Ali, have you watched all the episodes? Yes. Yeah, I'm finished. Are you finished? Yeah, wow, is that too. good? It was very good. Okay. And Jenna Ortega was fantastic in the role. Yeah. She, yeah, she was perfect. In her, mm-hmm. in her dance scene, she created that whole dance herself. Yes. She oh, choreographed yeah. it, crafted and everything. Yeah. She like took um yeah. did, like history of like gothic dancing and um <laughs> like so many different things like into the choreograph. Um Okay. I also noticed like and I don't know if she did this, I think probably on purpose, uh, but there's like in the original TV show, there's an episode where Little Wednesday is dancing. Yeah. And it like there's one of the uh, moves she does is the same as um, from the original TV show. Okay. And she like choreographed it in like a day. Um, and that dance from the original one has been memed a lot and like, yeah, dubbed with different, different, you know, modern music and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just a genius way of, of doing this. And, you know, like almost kind of like a Cobra Kai type of couple. Yes, yes. To, to That's a good franchise comparison for one reading. Yeah. I, I don't know if I would say genius way of doing it. I would say very uh, uh, appropriate way of doing it because it's uh, it's just this one thing. It's Harry Potter. Think about oh. it. Four separate houses at a big gothic castle, and there's uh, there's a killer on the loose, and they need to find out what's happening to all the students. It's just Harry Potter. I mean, that, figure. it's Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine. That's totally fine. I get it. I understand. Like, that is completely okay. It knows what audience okay. is going to watch it. Allie, would you agree with that comparison? Other than it being a boarding school... Um, other than that, like I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like big Harry Potter fan. Yeah, a boarding I feel like they're school. They're two very with, different. Yeah, the the wizards aren't the 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 people that are the outsiders are not very much welcome within the town, and okay. you know it's that's the only difference between that and Harry Potter is that they, Harry Potter they try to keep it secret, mm-hmm. which I never really understood. Like why keep it secret? Yeah, I never understood that. Like why, I don't get it. Huh. But the reason why it's um was you know very smart on their end because like it could have been like the remake that um rob zombie did the monsters which like failed oh. you know this this was just a whole brand yeah. new thing you know you're focusing True. on one oh. character and fleshing that character out more and then bringing the other characters in and out yeah you know? and i think i think one of the breakout stars of the whole thing you know um you know besides wednesday was definitely a thing you know oh, i, I love like, thing that was like the baby Yoda of this series, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, he was oh, thing, my thing favorite. I, yeah. And I loved him and Eden's I mean, 
Enid's friendship. I mean, I mean just so, so much, yeah. Cute. So much we give each other personality. Yeah. So much personality hand. from from a hand. Like somebody mm-hmm. with like no facial expressions, like no voice, no nothing. And then I mean just seeing like thing with wearing that little party hat. Um Oh my god, that was my favorite part. The little the surprise party hat. Part, did you? So cute. <laughs> I no, like, have to I have to watch this series, guys. You guys yeah, are talking very of, high high things about this. So some of the some of the, the twists for me were, were super obvious. I I, I called the one, but I was yeah. I was a little sad about the one. <laughs> yeah, I called I called two of them because oh, I can't kick it into it because I don't want to spoil anything. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I guess once that. Al watches watches it's, them, it's it's I'll not the it's it's not like a very dynamic show. Like it's no. you can kind of guess the beats, you can kind of guess the dialogue. It's very it's you know it's it's just the Adams Family aesthetic is over top of all of it. Was and it, that's right, that's completely right. fine. Was there a cliffhanger for season one? I mean, there is left. There's, there's kind of, sort of. They could end it there, but they're probably gonna get a season two. Um, oh, they definitely will. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. They're gonna. Yeah. They're gonna get. Yeah. It did so well. They're definitely setting up for season two, but they wrapped up season one storyline. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's still season... some hanging threads that they still yeah. need to clean up, but overall, it's if they if they did stop there, they could. So. Yeah. But Catherine Zeta Jones looks amazing still. <laughs> oh, that's the like, one thing I noticed. They did a lot of like digital de aging on her. That was weird. Did they really? Oh, yeah, you think so? There's, yeah, you can see it. It's like if when a person's face looks too smooth on screen, wow, it's digitally de aged. You can kind of tell. That's just Botox. No, it's it's it, you can tell. There's like a glow to her skin. It's like yeah, uh, that's digital de aging. Okay. They do that a lot to Tom Cruise. Oh, is that that that's Tom's secret, huh? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, they digitally de-age him. Oh you know. my goodness! You can see it in that? the uh, the second Jack Reacher movie that he was in, uh, Never yeah. Go Back, which is really bad. Okay. Um, you can see that they didn't have the budget for digital de-aging, and so you look at his face and you're like, God damn, dude! <laughs> he's got like wrinkles and he's got crow's feet and he's got like bags under his eyes. And then you look at him in like the Mummy movie. I mean, he's you can 60, see, yeah. Yeah, he's like, he's got like digital de aging all over his face to make him look really, really young. It's like, yeah, you don't look right. Something's wrong. You know? Interesting. I didn't know that. Well, they should have used something on um, Gomez, 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 Gomez Adam. Gomez Adams needs it, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, didn't, they, didn't mess, they didn't mess with him. <laughs> uh, oh, man. All right, let's move I'm on. I'm reading. Guys. It's saying oh, she didn't. I mean, I don't know if it's true, but she says she like exfoliates every day, and oh, um, so it might just be like she might she's just have glowing. She's only early fifties still. Yeah, like she's still young. She's still young. Like she's like seventy. Mm-hmm. And she's the same true. age as my mom, and my mom still looks fantastic. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Um, yeah, there you go. All right, so I know uh, Jesse's a big Mike Flanagan fan. Um, oh yeah, I was the Midnight Club. Did you hear about this? Yeah, canceled yeah. after one season. Yeah. Oh, this I still is need like, to watch the first season. Yeah, this is kind of like uh, his coming of age uh, uh, horror series or thriller series. It's, uh, I heard it was adult, really good. Yeah, it's young adult horror. It's not, young adult it's, horror. Yeah, yeah, it's not the it's not the uh, grim stuff that like Haunting of Hill House was or anything like that. Right or Midnight Mass. Right. Yeah. Well, one thing that might attribute that is uh he actually is leaving netflix and joining amazon studios mm-hmm. he's got a new pack with amazon so that might have a lot to do with it so uh he's still got one more show on the way though for netflix one more show okay he's uh the fall of the house of usher is the the last one he's doing it's the adaptation of an edgar Allan poe story that's right edgar Allan poe story right yeah 
Mark Hamill's in it and all that stuff. So, yeah, that's going to be definitely worth a look. And of course, Mike Flanagan representing Towson University. He's a Maryland guy. Yeah, that's right. He did go to Towson. Yeah, he and I were in the same film department. <laughs> that, that's exactly. What it's yeah, I think he was. I think he graduated before me, though. Uh, and well, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, let's see, Disney Plus over on Disney Plus. Well, you heard the opening promo. Yes, Warwick Davis, mm-hmm. Willow. Um, so apparently, it's an interesting on Rotten Tomatoes. It did really well with the critics at eighty-six percent, but. Really low, dismal audience ratings of 34 because I mean, you know you can uh, rate television on Rotten Tomatoes, which I think is good to have. It's good to have some kind of aggregate. 34, percentage. really. 34 wow. percent, but last audience I looked, hated that much. Wow. Yeah, and I think it was 29 percent. I think it fluctuated. Uh, why? What's wrong with it? A little low. Yeah, I don't know why. The, has anyone here seen Willow? Can comment on it. Whether it's I haven't watched it yet. Okay, I haven't watched it. I've seen the original movie. I've not watched the show. Oh yeah, the movie is is something for sure. I just felt like there's no real incentive for me to watch it. You know, I'm not not. I'm sure that it's fine, but I just I'm just kind of like, eh. I just I don't don't know. Yeah. Well, some of the negative fan reaction they say. um, Well, first of all, there's only um, very few fan ratings collected so far. Yeah. Uh, The original film has a hundred thousand. So. Yeah. Um, so it might take a while for the audience rating to pop back up. I'm guessing um, it's stemming from the fact that Val Kilmer is not in the show. Val Kilmer does not have a voice, and he can't. Yeah, he can't portray. Yeah, that it's character. like of course he's not in the show. <laughs> right. And they say another factor could be contributed to the discrepancy between viewers and critics is the fact that only two episodes have aired so far, so they have to base <laughs> it on those as well. So. I mean, they said the same thing about the Lord of the Rings uh, <laughs> series too, and that was very uh, lackluster overall, sadly, for the most expensive television series ever produced. Yeah. It definitely uh, underwhelmed a lot of people. Um, you got to make, gotta make these um, shows for the fans. If you're going to do property, like um, beloved property, you got to make it for the fans. You got to make it for the fans. You're right. Which they hate doing. They hate doing you that. Can't, you can't take a, an avant-garde approach to these, yeah, mm. you know? You so the just... best ones are made by fans themselves. Yes, Cobra Kai, Cobra Ghostbusters, Kai, yes, yep. Mandalorian, Mandalorian, yes, there you go. that's true. very yep. good. Very, mm-hmm. good all of those are great examples. And Wednesday, Tim Burton, being mm-hmm. yeah, so. yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, Which I was happy, and and, and definitely like the a lot of the monsters on that show. You definitely can tell that you know it's Tim Burton because it's like the big eyes and everything. It looks like mm-hmm. exactly. It looks like all the monsters from his '80s movies, honestly. Exactly, exactly. And one more thing on uh, Disney Plus before we take a classic cut break. Daredevil Born Again is is adding more cast members to, uh, I guess, a, a loose reboot of um, the Daredevil series on Netflix. Uh, Margarita Lavera and Sandrine Holt have both been, both been cast. Um, and, of course, they joined Charlie Cox, of course, reprising his role as Daredevil. And we saw him in She-Hulk. Vincent D'Onofrio, um, who comes back as Kingpin, Michael Galdafini. Um, so, yeah, this is uh, pretty cool, pretty exciting. If you don't know who, uh, well, Sandrine Holt um, was recently on American Gigolo at Showtime and Better Call Saul for a- AMC. Um, and um, Margarita Lavera was uh, previously on HBO's The Deuce. Um, so, uh, yeah. 
that should be pretty pretty cool um and um ah, well, one more thing on an hbo max i don't have much hbo stuff basically the only thing i have is kate winslet is has a new uh limited series with hugh grant on mm. hbo and um well there was the recent announcement that hbo max is rebranding oh i heard about that possibly yeah just, just max? calling it max max like that's Terrible name. HBO has so much. No, I think that's a horrible decision. Call it anything else. Call it. No, HBO is so synonymous with so many good things, though. Mm -hmm. Discovery Max. Nah, HBO. Discovery. Yeah, HBO Max. That's a good name. Like, I just, I don't. Oh no. Man, they really burned every bridge they could when they bought that thing, didn't they? I guess. I Fire guess. everyone. Cancel films. We need to have quick return on investment. Yeah. They ended up, end up losing money in the long run. They they saved six billion but lost thirty billion. Jeez. Because in the long run, you, they don't make profit off the things they lost. Yeah. So mm. they it's a they make a bit of money off of their tax breaks, but um, in the long run, you end up losing money. Yeah. Well, this series, I mean, this is from Succession writers, um, executive producer Will Tracy, so that's a positive thing. But it's basically about an authoritarian regime as it begins to unravel. And uh, other than that, details are being kept quiet at this time. But it's got a great cast, Kate Winslet, Hugh Grant, Andrew Riseborough, and uh, Math- Matthias Schoenartz. So that is uh, coming up on HBO in limited series. So... Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and take a uh, Christmas classic cut break and listen to our first two interviews from Terrifier 2, the director, Damien Leone, and casting director and producer, Jason Levy, um, right after the Christmas cut. But I'm sure Chach would like to hear his Christmas theme, right? I mean, absolutely. The first time of the year. Right. Here we go. Oh, oh, oh. It is time for Chachi's Classic Christmas Cuts. Put these chestnuts in your mouth. Chachi. Chachi. That's right, it's Chachi's Christmas Cut. The first one ho, of ho, the Christmas ho. season. Yeah, we're excited. Um, we're each and every week during December, I'll reach in and grab a classic Christmas song. And this week is definitely a classic. You know, this is actually a song from 1981. Yes. By the Waitresses. Yes. Being Great song. It's rapping. And this is what I love about Christmas songs is that you can just take these obscure songs that you, if they weren't about a Christmas, you'd never hear them again in your life. But... <laughs> because they're about Christmas, they come back every single year, which is I think is really cool. The waitresses um, were only around for a few years. Um, mm-hmm. They broke up. The lead singer um, actually died, um, you know, when she turned 40 of, of lung cancer. She was a heavy oh, smoker. Oh man, that was um, Patty Donahue. You know, they had one other big one. Um, I know, I know what boys like. Um, yes, which is. Um, I think they also did like the Square Pegs um, theme song. Mm-hmm. Do you know um, what Sarah like? Parker was in? I I don't. I mean, I only know what, what I like. That's all <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 
Um, and let's not forget, Chachi, this song is featured in the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. That's right. And the song was actually uh, featured on um, the previous season of Cobra Kai. Oh, wow. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was on the episode where they um, first showed um, Allie's return. I'm sure the remaining yeah. members of Elizabeth the are very happy to get these residual checks. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 It, yeah. Um, it's definitely one of my one of my top um, favorite Christmas songs, you know, because it's, it's just so 80s and you know, it tells yeah. a story and even mentions um, A&P, which was a very popular um, supermarket back in the 80s. Um, so here it is. Um, Christmas wrapping by the waitresses from 1981. All right. Classic cut. And then the director, Damien Leone and producer Jason Levy of Terrifier 2 will be back here on BTB. writer and director of Terrifier, Terrifier 2, maybe Terrifier 3. Definitely Here, Terrifier definitely 3. Terrifier. Yeah. Well, you nuts. <laughs> I know, right? Of Just getting not. started. Right. Here at Monster Mania in Oaks, PA. First of all, how's your uh, convention experience been so far for Monster, Con- Monster Mania? Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. This is our first time here, and um, we've had the biggest turnout so far. And we've been doing cons for a while, so this is pretty amazing. Yeah. That is a, speaking of amazing... That box office over ten million. The film was budgeted at about two hundred fifty thousand. Uh, how, how does that feel, first of all? Oh my God! The whole thing. I just keep throwing the word surreal out there because yeah. it's really no other way to describe it. It's very, it's very bizarre. It's very unexpected. Yes. Uh, it happened so quickly. Yes. Because we weren't even supposed to be in theaters. We were only supposed to be playing in theaters for one weekend, ah. and then it just really caught fire. And our distributor and the company putting it in the theaters had to scramble and be like, we can't not have this in the theaters now. We have to keep going. We have to get yeah. it into the second weekend. And then before you know it, usually a movie dips in its second weekend. That's, right. that's the way it is pretty much all the time. And ours played on less screens on the second weekend and made more money. Right. So then it was like, oh my God, now we really got to keep it in the theaters and keep it going. So it was supposed to play one weekend. It wound up, now it's in its sixth week, I think it's going into its sixth week. What can you attribute to the box office success? Word of mouth, marketing, anything of that sort? Certainly, um, everything with this movie has been organic word of mouth by the yeah. fans, honestly. We wouldn't be here yeah. without the, the fans. Um, but I think there were a lot of reasons why it caught on. One, you had people passing out uh, and throwing up in the theater. I, I read that. It's yeah. on actually Wikipedia. Yeah. People were throwing and, up, uh, passing and that out. That was real. That was oh. that wasn't us. We weren't. It wasn't a marketing ploy or yeah. anything. That was those were genuine accounts. Yes. Um, and also, I think that it's fresh and I think people are getting kind of tired of the same Hollywood movie that you see over and over and it's getting very stale and we need something I think a little more exciting in the theaters again this is like an exciting horror movie to see with an audience there's a lot of audible reactions and responses and people like you know passing out throwing up freaking out cheering screaming so it's a good time it's like going to a concert uh, seeing this movie (laughs) I love it I love that and Jason said that you guys relied on practical effects 
um, which is, you know, old school for horror. A lot of newer films are doing the CG route. Um, now that you've had an amazing success with this second film, do you think you might bring some of those newer elements of CG to the third film, or do you think it will keep it old school for the, for the third film? No, well, we actually use some very subtle CGI in part two, but we use okay. it in a way where it's kind of invisible, uh, which is the best way to do it yeah. when you don't know you're seeing it. So uh, there's a lot of tricks, because I love visual effects and CGI when it's yeah. used properly, but the problem right. is a lot of people just abuse it and they use it for everything right um, so yeah like there's moments in the movie where I build me and my producer Phil who we did basically all the special effects in the movie so there's a decapitation for instance in the middle of the movie and you see the the actor twitching and blinking and moving his mouth as his head's getting severed and people are like what am I looking at is that a, <laughs> is that an animatronic is that am I really yeah. seeing that and that's just building a practical effects dummy that's as close as we can get to the actor but then wow. digitally putting his face onto the dummy right. you know while it's, so he could react while it's happening and that's really disturbing when you can do that so augmenting the uh, the practicals with the digital effects is like the perfect recipe. So absolutely. Yeah. Tell us about assembling uh, the cast uh, and what went through the process of selecting the actors that played some of the iconic roles in your film. Yeah, listen, it's just, it's as simple as I mean, it's finding the best actors that come in when you hold the auditions, and then mm -hmm. when I found you know my two leads were the most important, uh, Sienna and Jonathan, yes. and when Lauren Levera and Elliot Fulham. When they were presented to me, I just knew there was, there was just this undeniable charisma, first of all. Uh, and then seeing them and hearing them read together and seeing that chemistry and the way they just elevated the screenplay to another level, mm -hmm. it was like, I have to have them in this movie. I know it's just the perfect mm -hmm. perfect cast uh, was, was being assembled. So it's crucial. It's crucial. And especially this is a very character-driven movie. Mm -hmm. um, which is odd because you'd think, ah, oh, we're just going in, we're going to see people get cut up and slashed, and you know. But there's this big, almost family drama built into this movie, uh, and some crazy, you know, very deep family dynamics that was so important because I really wanted you to invest in the protagonist this time and really get on their side, especially Sienna's side, and on her journey. So hopefully you could empathize with her when she's thrown into the pits of hell at the end of this movie. I wanted you rooting. For this yes. character, because everybody's rooting for Art the Clown, and if I was able to get people rooting against him, that could be a win for me, uh, just as yes. a writer. Yes, yeah. I guess people embrace Art the Clown as a new baddie. What went into uh, writing his character, and was he influenced by any of the other clowns in horror lore? Uh, no, the only... There was an influence in, from Pennywise, but pretty much the original Tim Curry's Pennywise. But it was really, I couldn't look anything like him. Art the Clown couldn't look like him, couldn't act like him, because there's no point. He's still the king of killer clowns. And if I was going to you know, dip my toes in that sort of killer clown sandbox, I couldn't go anywhere near Pennywise. So I made sure Art was black and white, didn't speak, didn't have hair, didn't have a red nose, didn't have a clown name like Bozo or something right, like that. Right, right. So I wanted him to be as different as, as possible. And that was a big advantage. I mean, that's one of the main reasons. His image, what he looks like, is one of the reasons why he's so successful, I, I think. I think he just has a really striking appearance. Wow. Yeah. Again, fantastic film. Now, Terrifier 3, you mentioned, is, is going to be in the works. What are you thinking for Terrifier 3? Are you thinking of maybe reaching out to some A-listers to, 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 you know, be in your film or yeah, things like that? Listen, yeah. I'm not opposed to it. I'm yeah. still... Um, 
right now I have basically the treatment, so I know what the whole story is, and now okay. it's just a matter of turning it into a screenplay. Nice. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but as I'm writing it, you know, new characters are going to work their way into it, and I yes. might get some inspiration. I could be watching a movie and be like, oh, my God, I want this guy in the movie nice. or the him or her in the movie. So who knows? You never know. But that would be wonderful to work with bigger actors. Does anyone stuff. come to mind? Um, you know who I would love to work with? Not necessarily for, in Terrifier, but I would love to work with Bruce Campbell one day because I just yes. love love Absolutely. Evil Dead 2 and Evil Ash is one of my Ash favorite characters. Yes. Um, so many people though. I mean, endless list of people that I would kill to work with. I think you're, that, that's a great choice and obviously an icon in horror yeah. bringing into another amazing franchise. I think that, that's brilliant. That's perfect, right? It would be so much fun. Awesome. I would love it. It would be a dream come true for me. So. Yes, well, there you go. The one and only Damien Leone from Terrifier and Terrifier 2, Terrifier 3. And uh, wow, great to talk to you here at Monster Mania. Uh, great to talk to you. Thanks for uh, doing this. Nice. It's fun. Staten Island, New York in the house. All right. <laughs> and if you could let us know who you are, director of uh, Terrifier, and you're on Below the Belt show. What's up, guys? Damien Leone here, writer, director of Terrifier 1 and 2, and you're watching Below the Belt show. Jason Levy, going? one of the producers of Terrifier, Terrifier yes. 2. How's it feel to be here at Monster Mania today? Uh, I'm ecstatic. It's yeah. uh, it's really humbling to see you know all the fans come out and mm-hmm. you know support something you worked on for the past three years. Yeah, which is insane. You know, we went through a pandemic. We went through you know the yes. trials and tribulations of making this film, and it's just rewarding and humbling at the same time to see everyone come out and support. Of course, and support at the box office as well. Unreal. You guys are only budgeted at two hundred fifty thousand dollars. I was reading. You made well over ten million, right, at the box office. Yeah. How does that feel? And uh, were you shocked? Did you expect it to be a success? We were, you know, we were very shocked to the extent that it took. It took like a rocket ship all in, you know, one night, two nights, or whatever, once it yeah. released into theaters. Uh, but when we were doing it, you know, it was basically nine of us making a film, you know, making a dream. Because at first, you know, first and foremost, we're horror fans. We've always right. been, my brother, everybody that's involved with Terrifier, we grew up on horror. Yes. So we knew, like, what we wanted to see in a horror movie. And everybody wanted to see the same thing, supposedly, because now... Right. Look at how crazy this thing has become. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, Art's here to stay. I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> Art the Clown is here to stay. So you're alluding to a Terrifier 3. There will be a Terrifier 3, 100%. Yes. There will be a Terrifier yes. 3. Um, we're working on that, right? obviously, right now. But we're letting Terrifier 2 subside a little yes. bit. And then we'll get, to the, we'll get to the drawing board. I was looking at the IMDb for Terrifier 2, and it right. just seems like... There's so much buzz about it, and like the star meter for some of these actors, like shot off through the roof as well. As an actor, I know what the star meter means. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a great great uh, way for the actors to get all that exposure. Um, so what do you think attributed to the success of people coming to the box office to see the film? Though? I think it's just something different, something fresh that people haven't really seen in a long time. Yeah. And it's the thing is that a lot of things today with horror films. He's waving at me. But a lot of things today with horror films are um, very CGI. Yes. And a lot of people see the fakeness in the CGI. And we wanted to take it a different route and go more old school, which is yes. Damien is phenomenal with the special effects. He directed the film and also did all the special effects for it. Practical, practical effects. Practical effects, yes. yes. Practical effects. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just unbelievable. And that's what we wanted to see more of, that that we felt that the, the genre was lacking. Right. So that's why we went in this direction. Well, do you think that now that you got an incredible 
incredible um, box office uh, success from Terrified 2. You can advance on that aspect, or you still want to keep it old school for the third film? Uh, no, I would want to keep it. I mean, we want to keep it true to its roots. It's, it's old yeah. school, 80s slasher type of film. That's the type of film it is. That's the th- type of film it's meant to be, and we're not going to change it for anybody, really. That's that's what it's, That's the art of it, yeah. is that. And another amazing thing is that I talked to Elliot, your actor, he talked about how he just found uh, the role in Actors Access, which I think a lot of actors uh, use that as a resource. How, did, how was the casting process for getting all the actors involved for you? And, it was uh, a long process, I'll tell yeah. you that, because being the casting director and having a lot of these talents come in, yeah. and you're looking through thousands and thousands of audition tapes, yeah. it gets, you know, me and Damien were very close at the hip, you know, trying to pick the right people for this role, because we sure. wanted to make sure that we were giving the fans what they wanted, the yes. performances that they wanted, and we couldn't have asked for a better group of a cast uh, finding them. Lauren was excellent, went through, you know, when you're dealing with an ultra-low-budget film, you know, you're going over hours, you're doing a lot of things, you know, it, you got to really pull your weight. Yeah. And she was phenomenal, went through, did all our own, you know, did stunts for the most part, and Elliot was very talented in doing all the scenes that we wanted, and we got a lot of emotion out of all of these actors and actresses, which was great for me, you yeah. know, finding them. Now, what horror films would you say influenced Terrifier? If it would be It or Kill Counts from Outer Space or maybe even something else? I would else? say all of it had a hand in it, yeah. you know, because growing up, those were the type of films that, you know, me, yeah. my brother Mike, and the rest of the team would watch. Those types of films, that's what yeah. we grew up on. So to watch films like that, I think there's a little piece of those slashers in art, you know, at points when you watch the film. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they were all an influence. That is fantastic. So going back to Terrifier 3, now that you have this incredible budget that you can work with are you looking to put like you know a, a, like an A-lister or someone huge in your next film maybe I will say this just wait and see yeah. um, I don't want to give anything away okay. you know we're still on Terrifier 2 but you know anything's possible anything's possible at this point you know we want a few really, people in mind right? yeah we have a few people that we would love to work with I mean yeah. that's what we worked in the past I, I mean we just did a coming off of Terrifier we just did a film called Stream with the same group ah. of people from Terrifier came on Damien David's actually in it we got uh, you know uh, from Reanimated, Jeffrey Combs, Daniel Harris. So we're starting to do that as well, starting yes. to get involved with more of those type of actors and yes. actresses. It might even be some of the celebrities here in attendance at Monster Mania, right? right? Exactly, yeah. So we're, we're literally trying, you know, different things with the genre and trying to bring that, you know, that mega slasher back. And that, that's the right? new genre everyone's trying to bring. Absolutely. Art is mega slasher. So we're trying to do a lot of more films like that to, you know, really hone into those horror fans that are fiending for it. Exactly. I think you guys are doing a brilliant job. Of course, the success of movies like Halloween, right. Terrifier. Uh, of course, it had to have done well because horror is hot right now. It's it really is. hot. It is. Yeah. It is. Especially the releasing time in October. Yeah. You know, we couldn't have asked for a better opportunity. You know, COVID really Halloween. put us off. Halloween. Yes. You know, it's always been my dream as a kid to share a movie theater with Michael Myers, and that was uh, that was quite surreal. Quite awesome. surreal. Well, guys, we're talking with Jason Levy, guys, the one and only producer extraordinaire. Thank you. Terrifier and Terrifier 2 here on Below the Belt Show. And if you could, let us know who you are. Throw out a promo for Terrifier. Let us know you're on Below the Belt and maybe a promo for Terrifier. Hey, everybody. I'm Jason Levy, producer and casting director and many other things for Terrifier 2 and many projects. I'm also a part owner with Fuzz on the Lens Production. And you're watching Below the Belt Show. Right. Make sure you tune in. These guys are great. I love them. They're very thorough with their interviews. And, keep, and subscribe. <laughs> yes, subscribe. Hey. Yes, yeah, Staten Island. That's it. Staten Island in the house, baby. <laughs> 
guys, we're here with Damien Leone, writer and director of Terrifier, Terrifier 2, maybe Terrifier 3. Definitely here, Terrifier definitely 3. Terrifier. Yeah. <laughs> what are you, nuts? <laughs> I know, right? Of Just getting not. started. Right. Here at Monster Mania in Oaks, PA. First of all, how's your uh, convention experience been so far for Monster, Con- Monster Mania? Wonderful. Yeah. yeah, this is our first time here, and um, we've had the biggest turnout so far. And we've been doing cons for a while, so this is pretty amazing. Yeah. That is a, speaking of amazing, that box office over ten million. The film was budgeted at about two hundred fifty thousand. Uh, how, how does that feel, first of all? Oh my god! The whole thing. I just keep throwing the word surreal out there because yeah. it's really no other way to describe it. It's very, it's very bizarre. It's very unexpected. Yes. Uh, it happened so quickly. Yes. Because we weren't even supposed to be in theaters. We were only supposed to be playing in theaters for one weekend, ah. and then it just really caught fire. And our distributor and the company putting it in the theaters had to scramble and be like, we can't not have this in the theaters now. We have to keep going. We have to get it into the second weekend. And then before you know it, usually a movie dips in its second weekend. That's that's the way it is pretty much all the time. And ours played on less screens on the second weekend and made more money. Right. So then it was like, oh my God, now we really got to keep it in the theaters and keep it going. So it was supposed to play one weekend. It wound up, now it's in its sixth week. I think it's going into its sixth week. What can you attribute to the box office success? Word of mouth, marketing, anything of that sort? Certainly, um, everything with this movie has been organic word of mouth by the fans, honestly. We wouldn't be here without the the fans. Um, But I think there were a lot of reasons why it caught on. One, you had people passing out. Uh, and throwing up in the theater. I, I read that. It's yeah. on actually Wikipedia. Yeah. People were throwing and, up, uh, passing out. That was real. That was oh. that wasn't us. We weren't. It wasn't a marketing ploy or yeah. anything. That was those were genuine accounts. Yes. Um, and also, I think that it's fresh, and I think people are getting kind of tired of the same Hollywood movie that you see over and over, and it's getting very stale, and we need something, I think, a little more exciting in the theaters again. This is like an exciting horror movie to see with an audience. There's a lot of audible reactions and responses, and people, like, you know, passing out, throwing up, freaking out, cheering, screaming, so it's a good time. It's like going to a concert uh, seeing this movie. (laughs) I love it. I love that. And Jason said that you guys relied on practical effects um, which is, you know, old school for horror. A lot of newer films are doing the CG route. Um, now that you've had an amazing success with this second film, do you think you might bring some of those newer elements of CG to the third film, or do you think it will keep it old school for the, for the third film? No, well, we actually use some very subtle CGI in part two, but we use okay. it in a way where it's kind of invisible, uh, which is the best way to do it, yeah. when you don't know you're seeing it. So uh, there's a lot of tricks, because I love visual effects and CGI when it's used yeah. properly, but the problem right. is a lot of people just abuse it and they use it for everything. Right. Um, so, yeah, like there's moments in the movie where I build, me and my producer Phil, who, we did basically all the special effects in the movie. So there's a decapitation, for instance, in the middle of the movie, and you see the the actor twitching and blinking and moving his mouth as his head's getting severed. And people are like, what am I looking at? Is that, a, <laughs> is that an animatronic? Is that, am I really yeah. seeing that? And that's just building a practical effects dummy that's as close as we can get to the actor, but then wow. digitally putting his face onto the dummy, right. you know, while it's, so he could react while it's happening. And that's really disturbing when you can do that. So augmenting 
the uh, the practicals with the digital effects is like the perfect recipe. So absolutely. Yeah. Tell us about assembling uh, the cast uh, and what went through the process of selecting the actors that played some of the iconic roles in your film. Yeah, listen, it's just, it's as simple as I mean, it's finding the best actors that come in when you hold the auditions and then mm -hmm. when I found you know my two leads were the most important uh, Sienna and Jonathan yes. and when Lauren Levera and Elliot Fulham when they were presented to me I just knew there was, there was just this undeniable charisma first of all uh, and then seeing them and hearing them read together and seeing that chemistry and the way they just elevated the screenplay to another level mm -hmm. it was like I have to have them in this movie I know it's just the perfect mm -hmm. perfect cast uh, was was being assembled so it's crucial it's crucial and especially this is a very character driven movie mm -hmm. um, which is odd because you'd think ah oh, we're just going in we're going to see people get cut up and slashed and you know but there's this big almost family drama built into this movie uh, and some crazy you know very deep family dynamics that was so important because I really wanted you to invest in the protagonist this time and really get on their side especially Sienna's side and on her journey so hopefully you could empathize with her when she's thrown into the pits of hell at the end of this movie I wanted you rooting for this yes. character because everybody's rooting for Art the Clown and if I was able to get people rooting against him that could be a win for me uh, just as yes. a writer people, yeah. I guess people embrace Art the Clown as a new baddie what went into uh, writing his character and was he influenced by any of the other clowns in horror lore uh, no the only there was an influence in, from Pennywise but pretty much the original Tim Curry's Pennywise but it was really I couldn't look anything like him. Art the Clown couldn't look like him, couldn't act like him, because there's no point. He's still the king of killer clowns. And if I was going to, you know, dip my toes in that sort of killer clown sandbox, I couldn't go anywhere near Pennywise. So I made sure Art was black and white, didn't speak, didn't have hair, didn't have a red nose, didn't have a clown name like Bozo or something right, like that. Right, right. So I wanted him to be as different as, as possible. And that was a big advantage. I mean, that's one of the main reasons. His image, what he looks like, is one of the reasons why he's so successful, I, I think. I think he just has a really striking appearance. Wow. Yeah. Uh, again, fantastic film. Now, Terrifier 3, you mentioned, is, is going to be in the works. What are you thinking for Terrifier 3? Are you thinking of maybe reaching out to some A-listers to, 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 you know, be in your film or yeah, things like that? Listen, yeah. I'm not opposed to it. I'm yeah. still... Um, Right now, I have basically the treatment, so I know what the whole story is, and now okay. it's just a matter of turning it into a screenplay. Nice. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but as I'm writing it, you know, new characters are going to work their way into it, and I yes. might get some inspiration. I could be watching a movie and be like, oh, my God, I want this guy in the movie, nice. or this him or her in the movie. So, who knows? You never know. But that would be wonderful to work with bigger actors. Does anyone come to mind? Um, you know who I would love to work with? Not necessarily in Terrifier, but I would love to work with Bruce Campbell one day because I just yes. love love Absolutely. Evil Dead 2 and Evil Ash is one of my favorite characters. Yes. Um, so many people though. I mean, endless list of people that I would kill to work with. I think you're, that, that's a great choice and obviously an icon in horror yeah. bringing into another amazing franchise. I think that, that's brilliant. That's perfect, right? It would be so much fun. Awesome. I would love it. It would be a dream come true for me. So. Yes, well, there you go. The one and only Damien Leone from Terrifier and Terrifier 2, Terrifier 3. And uh, wow, great to talk to you here at Monster Mania. Uh, great to talk to you. Thanks for uh, doing this. Nice. This is fun. Staten Island, New York in the house. All right. <laughs> and if you could let us know who you are, 
director of uh, Terrifier, and you're on Below the Belt Show. What's up, guys? Damian Leone here, writer-director of Terrifier 1 and 2, and you're watching Below the Belt Show. Yes! All right, we're here with Jason Levy. How's it going? One of the producers of Terrifier and Terrifier yeah. 2. How's it feel to be here at Monster Mania today? Uh, I'm ecstatic. It's yeah. uh, it's really humbling to see you know all the fans come out and mm-hmm. you know support something you worked on for the past three years. Yeah, which is insane. You know, we went through a pandemic. We went through you know the yes. trials and tribulations of making this film, and it's just rewarding and humbling at the same time to see everyone come out and support. Of course, and support at the box office as well. Unreal. You guys were only budgeted at two hundred fifty thousand dollars. I was reading. You made well over ten million, right, at the box office. Yeah. How does that feel? feel and uh, were you shocked did you expect it to be a success we were you know we were very shocked to the extent that it took it took like a rocket ship all in you know one night two nights or whatever once it yeah. released into theaters uh, but when we were doing it you know it was basically nine of us making a film you know making a dream because at first you know first and foremost we're horror fans we've always right. been my brother everybody that's involved with Terrifier we grew up on horror yes. so we knew like what we wanted to see in a horror movie and Everybody wanted to see the same thing, supposedly, because now right. look at how crazy this thing has become. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, Art's here to stay, I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> Art the Clown is here to stay, so you're alluding to a Terrifier 3. There will be a Terrifier 3, 100%. Yes. There will be a Terrifier yes. 3. Um, we're working on that, right, obviously, right now, but we're letting Terrifier 2 subside a little yes. bit, and then we'll get, to the, we'll get to the drawing board. I was looking at the IMDb for Terrifier 2, and it right. just seems like... There's so much buzz about it, and like the star meter for some of these actors, like shot off through the roof as well. As an actor, I know what the star meter means. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a great great uh, way for the actors to get all that exposure. Um, so what do you think attributed to the success of people coming to the box office to see the film? Though? I think it's just something different, something fresh that people haven't really seen in a long time. Yeah. And it's the thing is that a lot of things today with horror films. He's waving at me. But a lot of things today with horror films are um, very CGI. Yes. And a lot of people see the fakeness in the CGI. And we wanted to take it a different route and go more old school, which is yes. Damien is phenomenal with the special effects. He directed the film and also did all the special effects for it. Practical, practical effects. Practical effects, yes. yes. Practical effects. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just unbelievable. And that's what we wanted to see more of, that that we felt that the, the genre was lacking. Right. So that's why we went in this direction. Well, do you think that now that you got an incredible incredible um, box office uh, success from Terrified 2, you can advance on that aspect, or you still want to keep it old school for the third film? Uh, no, I would want to keep it. I mean, we want to keep it true to its roots. It's, it's old yeah. school, 80s slasher type of film. That's the type of film it is. That's the th- type of film it's meant to be, and we're not going to change it for anybody, really. That's that's what it's, that's the art of it, yeah. is that. And another amazing thing is that I talked to Elliot, your actor, he talked about how he just found uh, the role in Actors Access, which I think a lot of actors uh, use that as a resource. How, did, how was the casting process for getting all the actors involved for you? And, it was uh, a long process, I'll tell yeah. you that, because being the casting director and having a lot of these talents come in, yeah. and you're looking through thousands and thousands of audition tapes, yeah. it gets, you know, me and Damien were very close at the hip, you know, trying to pick the right people for this role, because we sure. wanted to make sure that we were giving the fans what they wanted, the yes. performances that they wanted, and we couldn't have asked for a better group of a cast uh, finding them. Lauren was excellent, went through, you know, when you're dealing with an ultra-low budget film, you know, you're going over hours, you're doing a lot of things, you know, and you got to really pull your weight. Yeah. And she was phenomenal, went through, did all our own, you know, did stunts for the most part, and Elliot was very talented in doing all the scenes that we wanted, and we got a lot of emotion out of all of these actors and actresses, which was great for me, you know, yeah. finding them. 
Now, what horror films would you say influenced Terrifier? If it would be It or Kill a Counts from Outer Space or maybe even something else? I would else? say all of it had a hand in it, yeah. you know, because growing up, those were the type of films that, you know, me, yeah. my brother Mike, and the rest of the team would watch those types of films. That's what yeah. we grew up on. So to watch films like that, I think there's a little piece of those slashers in art, you know, at points when you watch the film. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they were all an influence. That is fantastic. So going back to Terrifier 3, now that you have this incredible budget that you can work with, are you looking to put like, you know, a, a, like an A-lister or someone huge in your next film maybe? I will say this, just wait and see. Yeah. Um, I don't want to give anything away. Okay. You know, we're still on Terrifier 2, but you know, anything's possible. Anything's possible at this point. You know, we want we a few really people in mind. Right? Yeah, we have a few people that we would love to work with. I mean, yeah. that, but we worked in the path. I, I mean, we just did a, coming off of Terrifier, we just did a film called Stream with the same group of people from Terrifier came on. Damien, David's actually in it. We got, uh, you know, uh, from Reanimated, Jeffrey Combs, Daniel Harris. So we're starting to do that as well, starting yes. to get involved with more of those type of actresses and yes. actresses. It might even be some of the celebrities here in attendance at Monster Mania, right? right? Exactly, yeah. So we're, we're literally trying, you know, different things with the genre and trying to bring that, you know, that mega slasher back. And that, that's the right? new genre everyone's trying to bring. Absolutely. Art is mega slasher. So we're trying to do a lot of more films like that to, you know, really hone into those horror fans that are fiending for it. Exactly. I think you guys are doing a brilliant job. Of course, the success of movies like Halloween, right. Terrifier. Uh, of course, it had to have done well because horror is hot right now. It's it really is. hot. It is. Yeah. It is. Especially the releasing time in October. Yeah. You know, we couldn't have asked for a better opportunity. You know, COVID really Halloween. put us off. Halloween. Yes. You know, it's always been my dream as a kid to share a movie theater with Michael Myers, and that was uh, that was quite surreal. Quite awesome. surreal. Well, guys, we're talking with Jason Levy, guys, the one and only producer extraordinaire. Thank you. Terrifier and Terrifier 2 here on Below the Belt Show. And if you could, let us know who you are. Throw out a promo for Terrifier. Let us know you're on Below the Belt and maybe a promo for Terrifier. Hey, everybody. I'm Jason Levy, producer and casting director and many other things for Terrifier 2 and many projects. I'm also a part owner with Fuzz on the Lens Production. And you're watching Below the Belt Show. Right. Make sure you tune in. These guys are great. I love them. They're very thorough with their interviews. And, keep, and subscribe. <laughs> yes, subscribe. Hey. Yes, Staten Island. That's it. Staten Island in the house, baby. <laughs> All right. And we're back, guys. That was... The Christmas Cut, The Waitresses, which you can hear, like we mentioned, Gardens of the Galaxy Holiday Special. Guys, I highly recommend it. was such a, such a fun, fun, um, can you call it a film? It was like less than uh, feature length. I guess it's a short film, technically, right? It was like 45 minutes. 45 minutes. What would you call that? Is that a, just a special? I mean, I know they call it a it, special. It's just a special. It is, a holiday if, special. If you... Yeah, if you put in like TV commercials, if it was a TV show, it would be a full hour. A one yeah, hour a, holiday it's a, special. It's, yeah, it's a one hour holiday special. Nice, nice. And uh, it was awesome. We had Kevin Bacon in a very, very pivotal role playing himself. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they the made a couple. That, the fact that he's now a part of the cinematic universe is the best. Isn't that great? I mean, <laughs> I have a feeling that was not Kevin Bacon's house. It was nice. Yeah, I don't. It think was it a nice was. house, but I have a feeling that was not his house. Well, you know, Gamora and uh, Drax was, you know, kind of damaged it running around and stole the <laughs> Yeah. So, um, fun, fun special, guys. I highly recommend it to get you in the Holly spirit. Ali Dash, you haven't seen it yet. I haven't. I okay. need. I need to also watch it. Also on Disney Plus. So that's. It, like it's actually kind of critical to watch it for stuff that's going to happen in the third movie. Exactly. Oh. Yeah, there is stuff. There is stuff that's in there. You kind of have to watch. 
Exactly. Yep. Which is yeah, kind of don't... annoying, but it's nice that it's there. Yep. 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 Good stuff. And of course, the great interviews. Wow. Damien Leone, uh, director of uh, Terrifier 2, and his producer, Jason Levy. And uh, yeah. Um, and of course, we're uh, going to close tonight's show with the cast. So. But let's uh, finish this up because, uh, yeah, we're, we're moving pretty quickly, which is good. Um, number, Keep it going. I know, right? Um, any Teen Wolf fans in the house? So the TV series yeah, is a big Not hit. Michael J. Fox. You, not the Michael J. Fox version. This is the MTV oh, version. Oh, oh, the guy, um, Jason Bateman, I'm talking about? It's not Jason Bateman either. This is the MTV oh. version. Yeah, the TV show. Oh. The TV show, yeah. And if i re- if i recall one of the few scripted shows on mtv they didn't have too many of them they're really yeah. big on the reality shows you know but well, it's weird. There's, there's also um one other thing that mtv productions actually helped produce was mm. um do you guys seen that show yellowstone chachi's a big fan of yellowstone you know the prequel, it, yes. the prequel the prequel 1888 that was yeah. produced by mtv productions <laughs> Yeah. 1983, yeah. yes, was, was 1983, was yeah. yeah it, it, why? I don't. <laughs> what does MTV have to do with the 1800s, right? Yeah, it's a really good show. I've never watched Yellowstone, but I watched the prequel show. Oh, you watched the prequel first? Okay. Thing. Well, you yeah. can watch it because it's a, you know, it's a prequel, right? So you, you yeah, don't need to know it's its own story. Yeah, it's it's only actually, actually MTV signed up for it because they thought it was actually in the 80s, the um, 1980s, last time they were relevant, so that's why they... Oh, with... snap. That's a burn on MTV. <laughs> Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> but, yeah, this movie on Paramount Plus, getting the original cast back from the TV show, so it's uh, Tyler Posey, who plays Scott, uh, Crystal Reed uh, Allison, <clears throat> and uh, other cast members, Holland Roden, Shelley, Shelley Hennig, Colton Haynes, Ian Bowen, Tyler Hoechlin, who is now Superman in uh, Lois and Lane. Lois and Lane, sorry. Lois. <laughs> <laughs> what is the new Not show called? Superman and Lois. Superman and Lois, thank you. It's one well, of the. It's that and The Flash are the last two shows of the Arrowverse. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Last two Which shows are coming to an end very soon. Well, at least the Flash is, yeah. The Flash thought, is ending, and then I'm. I, I would. I hope that the, the Superman they currently have. They somehow Stakes. get him in stake six around because I yeah I, everyone knows about the post credit scene of Black Adam yeah Henry Cavill's Henry back Cavill, that's why yeah. he left the Witcher just that's the rumor yeah we don't know if there's just, other circumstances but yeah well Cavill wanted to stay completely on book and the writers wanted to go off book yep and yeah. so they just couldn't they couldn't reconcile and so he just said yeah I'm leaving. See that's the thing, and then they're casting uh, um, Thor's little brother. <laughs> yeah, Liam Hemsworth. Liam Hemsworth. Almost exactly like Henry Cavill, so I don't, I won't even uh, notice a difference. I guess, but I just, you know, I'm just the suspension of disbelief is kind of like taken know. out, you know. I kind of dipped out of The Witcher. I got very bored yeah. in the middle of season two. But that's part okay. of the reasons, like they wanted to go off book. Like the books are really boring. Right. They're really boring, and I'm I'm sorry. Like yeah. I I know the Witcher fans really love that stuff, but I like the occasional short story of the Witcher, but the mm. overlong books, they're really dull. They're really really dull, and I'm I'm sorry. I just don't see the appeal. Well, Witcher only got popular once the game started to hit. Exactly. It, and that's the, the more interesting stuff. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that that's an example of where the the TV show or film will surpass the yeah. source material. 
Yeah. So there you it go. It happens. It's, it's, it happens it's rare, but it happens. Yeah, you're right. Sometimes the source material is, is superior. Um, but yes, you mentioned The Flash, Jesse. Um, the final episodes of The Flash drop uh, starting in February 8th on The CW. So only 13 episodes of this show. And after Flash ends, it's only going to be Superman and Lois left. Because mm-hmm. Stargirl is... Uh, so I think the Arrowverse is done, isn't it? Is it done now? Uh, Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah they're not the Legends of Tomorrow is not getting their final episode. They're not for their final season. Final that's season. gone. I know, I know. I'm bummed about that. Yeah. But uh yeah, I mean this is kind of maybe a way for James Gunn to scoop in uh and get those DC properties, maybe and uh, you know, do something on uh on HBO Max, you know. So we'll see what happens there. But I mean uh, they've still they've still isn't Doom Patrol getting axed after the fourth season? Isn't that show done? I well? haven't heard about Doom Patrol ending. I heard a rumor that it was ending after season four. Yeah, that one has been really lauded. It's really good. General Zod loves that show. Oh, it's great. It's a great show. It's a fantastic show. It's just, you know, it's another one. I don't think anybody's watching. (laughs) I know. And I'm one of those people that wants to watch and hasn't watched yet. But uh, there was all these these plans for the Arrowverse that never came to pass. There was like mm -hmm. Swamp Thing was supposed to get put into the Arrowverse. Mm -hmm. That didn't happen. Uh, Tommy Monaghan, Hitman was supposed to get in there. That didn't happen. There, yeah. Yeah, I'm guessing that's because of the the buyout and the shift. That that's exactly what I think it is. Yeah, if you notice yeah. that the buyout and shift started, that all these CW shows are ending. So yeah, interesting. Save um, the money. They yeah, save that money. <laughs> that's what it is. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if Superman and Lewis moved over to HBO Max because of that, but it should. We will see. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm getting through this list quickly, guys. The number fourteen on my list is Apple. And guys, if you have not watched Servant. That is a show that's kind of, uh, you know, a very underrated show. And I think a lot of shows on Apple TV are because not many people have Apple TV. <laughs> uh, but if you do have Apple oh, TV need... Plus, please Charles, watch you the, in the first season and see yours truly yes. in the season finale. Of... <laughs> I watched the first <laughs> the season, season and it was so good. It was um, good, right? And I yeah. haven't gone back to watch the You're later not the only seasons. One. I, I'm I'm there with you. I kind of watched selfishly watched my season and stopped. <laughs> yeah, if Apple didn't have more money than God, their whole streaming platform would have been gone by now. <clears throat> Nobody's. I yeah, did really enjoy the stuff. first season. There's good stuff on Apple That's TV. It's not underrated stuff. You're right. Might be, but there's there's so many streaming platforms now. People got to pick and choose. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta look for it. Mm-hmm. There's good stuff. Ted Lasso's good. Ted Lasso's Found, like, foundation is really good. That's another one. But yes, yeah, so the season four trailer of Servant just dropped. Uh, first episode will premiere on January 13th, but the trailer looks pretty awesome. And yours truly got an invite to um, Surface TV. Uh, sorry, Apple TV Surface, which is stars uh, Gugu Mabatha-Raw, who you might know as Ravana from Loki. Um, she was also in The Morning Show. Um, she's what was her name? Gugu. Her name is Gugu. I know what name. Gugu. Ah. <laughs> She's a beautiful African British actress. And um, you know, uh she also did the QA after the screening, and her and the, the um showrunner hung out at the reception and got to meet and talk with them. But uh that particular show got greenlit for a second season. But uh thank you so much to Apple TV for uh extending the invite. Um it was a really, really cool event, and it was cool to see uh more events in D.C. We got to see more events in uh, our nation's capital. Um, so hopefully they'll bring more um, 
but yeah, um, and McBath the Raw, Google McBath the Raw is actually an executive producer as well and the star of the show. And Reese Witherspoon is also a producer on it as well. So interesting, interesting. Um, so check that out on Apple. Um, so, um, all right. So Daisy Ridley, uh, she has a new series for Miramax TV. I have no idea what the fuck Miramax TV is, but I'm just excited. Another platform? Another platform? Is it another platform? I don't know, but uh, oh, Daisy Ridley will start. Wasn't Miramax Harvey Weinstein's? Um, I think it was, wasn't it? Company. It yeah, used it to be. Was. It used to be until he was outed. Right, right. He was yeah, out. Right. And now it's it's owned by completely different people. He got sold exactly. off. Exactly. Yeah. So she's gonna star an executive producer. Well, Miramax. You, I think Miramax at one point was owned by Disney. Oh, people don't realize that. Disney actually had people say, oh, Disney doesn't produce R-rated content. They do. They just under different brand names. Yeah. Yeah, like New Line Cinema, I think, was um was Disney. You know? Well, they like, had Touchstone. They had Touchstone, they had New Line. Yeah, they had I think Miramax was also them. Yeah. It was I'm Disney. not familiar they, with this network, guys, yeah. but we haven't seen Daisy Ridley since <laughs> uh The Rise of Skywalker. She's kind of laid low. Um but she will star in this yeah, uh, series. Yeah, um, Disney owned Miramax from 93 to 2010. Okay, there you go. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, this, that, was, yeah. that was during the, the um, Pulp Fiction days. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, this it's series is actually Fiction, based... Uh, um, Disney oh, movie. Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Yeah, I imagine that. Bad motherfucker. Mm. Being owned by Disney. Um, but really quick, though, uh, The Christie Affair is what the, this series is called. Um, and it's based on Nina de Gramont's best-selling novel. So um, it will be uh, adapted from the novel into um, the series, which is a murder mystery uh, series. So, yeah, I mean, I, I love Daisy Ridley. I thought, you know, Ray Skywalker was one of the the best things about the the sequel trilogy. She's a fantastic actress. She's very pretty, <laughs> you know. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Uh, We'll see how that series does. But interesting enough, there was uh, speculation about Daisy Ridley returning as Rey in Star Wars because she was seen at Lucasfilm headquarters. But oh. apparently she was just there to visit Lucasfilm and have lunch there, supposedly. And there is nothing. Yeah, have lunch. Or future. Yeah. yeah. She was Wait. just hungry and they're like, yeah. Yeah, I'll just stop <laughs> Um, you know, yeah, yeah. No, I, you know, my, my, I think she, I, I think you stop by for lunch. Yeah. <laughs> that apartment in New York is really expensive. <laughs> I don't think she's going to do a, a film, but I have, my prediction will be a series on Disney plus. I can see that. Yeah. I can I see can that see happening. Yeah. And I think she would say yes. And I think with I the, think it would do very well. And I think it would do great. I think it would be really I loved good. her as Ray. Yeah, again, yeah. Ray was a great, was a shining part of the. Sequel. She was, yeah, one of the few shining parts of the trilogy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. she and Adam Driver were the anchors carrying that fucking carrying load. That, exactly. <laughs> oh god. I still, I still never watched Rise of Skywalker. I was so pissed with the. Don't. I love. I actually Don't. liked the first film that they did, right. but the second one, like, same. I was so just pissed with it. I'm like, fuck yeah. this. Same, same. <laughs> well, yeah, some stories, you know, yeah, it was, it was yeah. all. All over here's the, the way place. I'll here's the way I'll talk about it. 
Um, if you watch Rise of Skywalker, Last Jedi looks pretty good by comparison. Oh no, <laughs> I wouldn't agree with that. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I would. Yeah. I, I, like, there's actual scenes it wasn't in great, Last Jedi. Yeah. Things slow down. Like, there's character developments. It's, character it's development, a, like a, a casino scene. They, they had like a 45 minute casino scene that did nothing. Okay, forget about that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ignore that one. But there's actually like, the code breaker. Oh, I'm a code breaker. There's standout moments. <laughs> you know, there's yeah. things that actually are memorable. Whereas in Rise of Skywalker, it just it moves so quick. Yeah. Because to, to make you forget about how much the plot doesn't make any sense. Well, well, and part of that was because they had to sit there and not only undo everything that happened in um, Last, Last Jedi, Jedi. But they, they had a they had to wrap up like nine movies too. So that was Why? kind of like, like two and a half hours. <laughs> you don't have to address all this. It was crap. a lot. Yeah, yeah. They should have. It should have did a two-parter for that movie, and took their time and. Yeah, hey, here's an idea. Don't reject a good script. Yeah, you know? or or have the same writer do all three same movies. Writer, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. I think that would have been that would have been the way to go. J. You know, J. it was Abrams the same writer as three. Batman versus Superman, right? The third film, Which, yeah, Chris Terrio. Yeah, Chris Terrio. Was, was it really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it explains everything. <laughs> I think I think Seth on Film Rescue described it as the Lacroix of Star Wars. It has oh, the illusion okay. of flavor and fizz, but it's mostly just hot air. Okay, <laughs> jeez, there's nothing like to a, it. I do enjoy Lacroix, though I have to admit. <laughs> I'll take a Scottagrino. <laughs> now, Allie, I know you're very excited about this uh, reunion of the Good Burger actors on Saturday Night Live. I sent you a, a text with the link. I don't know if you got a chance to see it. I haven't watched it. Uh, it was on oh, Saturday Night like Live. Such a bad fan. That's right. Keenan and Cal love... reunited on Saturday Night Live this That's past amazing. Saturday. I did... loved Keenan and Cal growing up. Now, they did a, a different. Uh, um, take on it like a Keenan and Kiki um, you know uh, and then of course he comes in the end um, but uh, Kiki Palmer was the host and she was showing off her baby bump and they kind of worked her pregnancy into the the, the skit and said that uh, Keenan got her pregnant which I thought was kind of funny but uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you could check that out um, yeah the thing about SNL you can watch like full skits on their YouTube page you don't have to that's where I like I yeah. never watch SNL live, but I love watching exactly. their skits on YouTube. And they they pretty much put the whole show. On they my, do on YouTube, yeah. So mm-hmm. that's where I watch. Exactly. SNL. So. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely check it out. Um, number seventeen, Kennedy Center Honors. Chachi, were you there? Did you make it? I didn't get my invite this year. You didn't get your invite this year. I know. Yeah. I didn't get my invite this year either. I submitted to mm-hmm. to to work on it. And they've selected just a small handful of actors, and I wasn't one of those lucky few, sadly. But uh, yeah, I mean, we had Gladys Knight, we had um, George Clooney, Amy Grant, and you two. Wow, I mean, those are some great, uh, great uh, names that were inducted in DC every year in December. You know, some uh, major players in film, television, music. The arts, they get inducted, and um, yeah, very worthy um, uh, inductees, right? I mean, those are some big, big names. Um, and interestingly enough, um, the, <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen actually uh, stole the show supposedly, and he took <laughs> he took aim at Kanye West after his anti-Semitic comments. 
uh, cast a shadow over uh, a dinner with uh, President Trump. And uh, he said, before I proceed, I will say I'm very upset about the anti-Semitism in the USNA. <laughs> it's not fair. Kazakhstan is number one Jew-crushing nation. Stop stealing <laughs> our hobby. Stop the steal. Stop the steal. <laughs> in Borat character, uh, which was pretty nice. funny. Uh, poking fun uh, loosely at uh, at Kanye, which, uh, yeah, if you, if you saw, he was on Infowars with Alex Jones, and he wore some kind of hoodie that covers his face. I've never weird. seen anything like that before. Looked like a one of those Squid Game uh, guards. Um, and uh, basically uh, expressed his admiration for Adolf Hitler. But then That's it's just he, very erratic. You know, I love mm-hmm. the Nazis. I love the Jews. And just like mentally well. That's what I we're don't thinking. think so. I it's, think that's, that's yeah, it. I think he's and they're letting him like go on these platforms and stuff. And like, it's, yeah. <clears throat> Was he ever well? I don't think so. <laughs> no. But it's like definitely progressed. He just got worse. Like it's gotten yeah. really bad. Mm-hmm. Who's that other douchebag Nazi guy? Was it Nick Fuentes? Yeah, he was there Fuentes too. the other guy, yeah. I, I, I listened to something that guy said. I watched one of the videos involving him. And I was like, this sounds like a parody. Like The, the way he's not. It's scary. Yeah, I know. But the way he speaks, the way he's like, yeah, I'm the most racist. I'm the most sec-. like. It sounds like an SNL character. That's the way mm-hmm. he says it, yeah. It's just the way it sounds. I'm like, is this guy fucking with me? Is this an Andy <laughs> Kaufman but sadly, joke? it's really how he is, mm-hmm. yeah. It's, oh, it's, God, what a pathetic human being. It's, it's really <laughs> bad. It's really, really bad. God. I know, so. And the, guy's, the guy says, like, no, I choose to be a proud incel. Like, wow, okay, that's not... Uh, to be incel is involuntarily celibate. You're not choosing it. You just right. are. Because nobody wants to fuck you. <laughs> what a right? Unbelievable. Uh, All right. Um, just a couple of the Me Too things. A couple of things happening concurrently in the Me Too. Um, so Danny Masterson, uh, he, um, yeah, they got a mistrial. So basically, yeah, Danny gets to walk. Um the verdict, apparently the jury could not come to a unanimous decision on the verdict. A lot of it also had to do with two of the uh, jurors getting COVID. So they deadlocked. Um, so the split was like two for guilty, ten for not guilty on count one, four for guilty and eight for not guilty on count two, and five for guilty and seven for not guilty on count three. So... Yeah, apparently um, they set a retrial date for March 27th um, because of the mistrial, but um, it might end up just going to a a civil case, possibly. Um, um, Let's see, Harvey Weinstein, on the other hand, um, the jury is now um, doing their first day of deliberations without giving a verdict just yet. Apparently there's a uh, bunch of testimony that they have to get through. So they deliberated for about four and a half hours um, this this past week. Um, so we will find out what happens there. And then Bill Cosby. Yeah. Five <laughs> I was going to say, just like him, just yeah. like Bill Cosby, I can't imagine just being on the top of the world like, like these guys were. And then, you know, based on their actions, just have everything crumple down. That's right. What's crazy is how long they were able to get away with it. Oh, right. Exactly. 
Yep, and um, five women just uh, filed a lawsuit um, on Monday against Bill Cosby. Um, and apparently, um, the New York state law temporarily suspends the statute of limitations for older sexual assault claims. Jesus. So uh, this is kind of similar to the Danny case where it's multiple at the same time. Mm-hmm. If it was a single case, the statute mm-hmm. of limitations would apply, and they they, they wouldn't go to court. Seems How like they change the law seems like all that effort for the Me Too movement just kind of went down the drain. Because everybody that got accused of something is they're all coming back and it's like nothing happened. Mm-hmm. No. Well, with the exception, I think, of Kevin's. Sp- well, Kevin Spacey actually won his last case. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Weinstein and, and Cosby. Well, Cosby's out of prison. And Weinstein. Cosby walks. Insane. Yeah, yeah. Cosby I'm trying to think. Did anybody get locked up? Nope. R. Cal- mm-hmm. R. Kelly. R. Kelly. Oh, yeah, well, that's because there's video of him, like, you know, with young underage people. Underage so there's video evidence, so they can't do anything about it. Yeah. It's crazy. Everybody else... like, that's, it's insane. That's why, like, so many, like, that's people don't come forward is because having to deal with, like, all of that and then still, mm-hmm. like, getting away with it. Like, it's mm-hmm. bullshit. It is. But for Cosby, I mean, it's basically he's basically on house arrest because his life's over, and he's not gonna be going out to any parties or doing anything. Like I, I seriously doubt if he leaves the house and goes out in public. I mean, he's still pretty in good health, you know, even though he's really old. No, he was wasn't he blind? <laughs> Is he blind? I didn't I didn't know about him being no, blind. No, remember remember in the court in the court case, he's trying he's trying to act like he was blind. And oh, I think he, I do remember that. Yeah. Okay. He shouldn't be sent to but prison he, because he can barely see yeah. he's got a cane and stuff and like mm-hmm. I think I think once he got to, went to prison he got his eyesight back. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. what it is. It's oh, like Harvey Weinstein with like the walker. Oh, oh yeah, right, right. the walker. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh yeah, that's how that works. Mm-hmm. I think Ron Jeremy was one that that didn't get didn't get out of it uh, a prison. Yeah. Yeah, he he's was, yeah, but he was trying. He's trying the same thing too. Like he had like his um his penis in a sling, act like he was all injured and stuff during <laughs> the court case. Like, yeah, it was. Well, like also like the did. people that came out against him, like right. he he like inadvertently admitted to it because he's an idiot. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you know. exactly. Dude, I only have two more things on my list. All right, number nineteen. Hey, we'll um, don't be don't be surprised. Let's keep going. Let's go. We're all wrapping on <laughs> on good time. Lady Gaga's dog walker. Um, justice is served. So the man who shot and almost killed Lady Gaga's dog walker, um, he took a plea deal, sentenced to twenty one years in prison. And talk about yeah. a complete scumbag. They didn't no, they didn't seriously. know that this dog walker was was walking Lady Gaga's mm-hmm. you know French bulldogs. They shot the guy that wanted to take the bulldogs, and apparently these bulldogs are so – it's a breed that runs into thousands of dollars per dog. Jesus. And, again, they didn't they know – They're purebreds? They're purebred French bulldogs that belong to Lady Gaga, and they're very expensive, yeah. So he, he killed somebody? So the – the yeah. So, uh, so a guy with two accomplices, uh, so three men, I guess, were uh, – shot um, Lady Gaga's dog walker. Uh, and, uh, you know, they tried, tried to, you know, yeah, I guess they were caught. I think, uh, they turned in the dogs. I think one of the witnesses turned in the dogs because of the $500,000 reward for no questions asked. And, uh, apparently she was still punished because being an accomplice 
you know, but obviously not punished as much as the, the, the person that, that shot the gun that almost killed. I mean, thank God the guy survived. Jesus. Oh, the guy lived? Yeah, he survived. That sucks. Imagine, like, you're a dog walker. You know, probably not the most glamorous job ever, but then you're, right. like, Lady Gaga's dog walker, and that's right. like the top. Like, you, can, you can possibly oh, he's get probably getting paid a dog tons walker. of money. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. The best you can ever do is, as a dog walker, and then you get shot. <laughs> like, you probably think I'm on top of the world, bragging on their friends. Oh, I'm walking Lady Gaga's dogs, and then right. you take a fucking bullet. Yeah. It's unfucking believable. Yeah. That's got to suck. The Lord had it in for that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, number 20 is not normally uh, following the entertainment news, but uh, this guy was on a reality TV show, and that's uh, former President Donald Trump. Manhattan jury found two Trump Organization companies guilty on multiple charges of criminal tax fraud and falsifying business records connected to a 15-year scheme to defraud tax authorities by failing to report and pay taxes on compensation for top executives. So Trump Corporation and Trump Payroll Corporation found guilty on all charges they faced. Wow. Trump himself not charging the case um, and his family, of course, but uh, – Oh, geez. Wow. Okay. So they, they got some answers. I think it was a million. Was it like a million dollar fine? Yes. It's a $1.61 million fine. So yeah. They, that's what yeah it definitely sounds way worse than what it is. Yeah. Um, the company is not at risk for being dismantled. Um, but, you know, it could impact the company's ability to do business, you know. Um. But yeah, yeah, it's uh, again, we're not a political show here on BTV, but uh, I guess it was kind of uh, a big, big uh, breaking news that just dropped. So, um, so anyways, I know one of the more polarizing uh, personalities, um, Trump, uh, nonetheless, um, but that is all I have. All right, good. Let's, let's end it then. Yeah. Uh, on we always, behalf. We always end with rest in pieces, of course, <laughs> though, right? That's true. Yeah. Uh, but let let's give our well wishes to one particular person, <clears throat> Barry Windham, WWE superstar. Um, he was a tag champion with Mike Rotunda. Rotunda, uh, yeah. Yeah, he apparently went to cardiac arrest and uh, apparently is in the ICU. Um, and it does not look good. They said the future is uncertain. He had the procedure to save his life. So our well wishes, prayers go out to uh, Barry Windham um, you know, as he uh, recovers. Um, but we really lost some big names in the world of entertainment this week, Chach. And, and, and we did. Yes. Kirsty Alley, uh, Emmy Award winning oh, wow. actress uh, from Cheers, Veronica's Closet. Um, yeah. What else? Look who's talking. Um, Star Trek two, Star Trek two. That's right. That's another one. And um, yeah, her her daughters, True and Lily Parker, announced on their Instagram and Twitter that that their mom Kirsty died after an undisclosed form of cancer. <clears throat> it was colon cancer. Only knew for like it, eight is weeks. it colon? Okay, they said undiscovered at first, so it was colon cancer. Okay, so it was only recently discovered. Wow. So I guess. Get your get your colonoscopies. I think they mm-hmm. they say you have to get it uh, um, you know done you know at a certain age and uh, you know uh, 
Yeah. I mean, that's, that's crazy. Um, she just was recently diagnosed and she, I, she was 71 years old guys. Yeah. She's a big mm. name. And John Travolta actually worked very closely with Kirstie Alley and said, I love you, Kirstie. Kirstie. I know we will see each other again. Kirstie was one of the most special relationships I've had. Of course they worked together on look who's talking. Um, so also a reality show too for a while too did she do that's the one season but yeah on a&e oh it was on a&e i didn't even know that huh kirstie alley's big life i guess ah kirstie alley's big life okay uh bob mcgrath from sesame street he was one of the original cast members Mm -hmm. oh geez yeah yeah Mm -hmm. he was there for 47 seasons wow died at the age of 90 yeah um putting in the work he put in that work man he earned that Mm -hmm. sag card man um um, so, I mean, a lot of our childhoods was, was watching Bob on Sesame Street, for sure. Um, wow. We also lost Al Strober, an actor for his role as Philip Gerard from Twin Peaks, the one-armed man. Yeah. Yeah. That was he heartbreaking. Died. Yeah, he died at the age of 83. He lost his, uh, car, uh, his arm in a car accident at the age of 17. Mm-hmm. They yeah. wrote it into the show that he they, was the one-armed man. <laughs> And then he wrote in the yeah. show that he was the one on man. There you go. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Christine McVie, singer, songwriter, keyboardist uh, for Fleetwood Mac, uh, died uh, after a short illness at 79. Uh, she's one of the founding members of Fleetwood Mac, right? She Aren't co- all the founding she, members now dead? Wasn't that the last one? She co-wrote a lot of the songs. Well, Mick Fleetwood, Fleet, um, oh, Mick Fleetwood was a founding member. Yeah, Mick he's still alive. Okay. Okay. Actually, Wood is enough. Of course, thank God Stevie Nicks is still with us. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, she. Um, I mean, she like wrote a lot of songs, like um, okay, written like like Don't Stop, you know, Thinking About Tomorrow, Everywhere. One of my favorite, Little Lies. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like top eighty songs. But um, super talented. Like I, mean, I saw the I saw her um, in concert with Fleetwood Mac. Um, oh, you did three years ago. Oh wow. Um, that's so great. That, that's so great. You got to see her one of her final, you know, tours. You know, oh yeah, had, yeah, it was right. a great tour. And that was without Lindsey Buckingham, because um, he mm-hmm. was doing the solo tours, and he got kind of kicked out of the band. Um, but yeah, one of my favorite, um, one of my favorite concerts I've seen. Yeah, definitely in the top five. Wow, top five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and this name is really shocking. Brad William Henke from Orange is New Black. You might know him as Correctional Officer Desi Piscatella. He's a big guy guy on there. Yeah. Yeah. Former NFL player. Passed away at the age of 56. No cause of death given. Hmm. And um, yeah. And he was um, his his character was a gay character who served as uh, the main antagonist of seasons four and five. Yeah. Um, and uh, he was great on there. He was great. Did, yeah. Was anyone here a fan of Orange Is the New Black? Remembers uh, Piscatella? Never watched it. That was one of the it. original shows on Netflix. That and House of Cards were like the first two. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're right. First two original series, and uh, because I started, you know, with Netflix from back then, those are the first shows I, I watched. You know. Um, and I think Orange Is the New Black. I think that kind of like kept his quality up, you know, the whole time. I mean, you know, maybe not super top, but I mean, it wasn't like any, like at the end, you're like, you know, this is just 
complete shit now. But no, it was, I think it was always was was enjoyable. It was absolutely. And for your boxing fans, legendary boxing ref Mills Lane, known for his portrayals in MTV's iconic celebrity death matches. Oh yeah. Uh, sadly passed away at the age of 85. Mm. Um, and he used to uh, do all the Tyson fights, right? And he did, yeah. He refed the yeah. infamous Mike Tyson versus Evander Holyfield ear-biting match yeah. in 1997. God, was it that? He was kind of like he was kind of like the Earl Hepner of boxing. Like you knew, like when you saw him, <laughs> right? You know, in, in a boxing match, that is gonna it was a big event, you know. Just like yeah, was, yes, Earl Hepner, right? <laughs> <laughs> Earl and Dave Hepner, the, tw- the twins from uh, yeah, the old yeah. school WWF. Yeah, exactly. And there's one more. We talked about him last week because, you know, both um, a lot of us here on BTB are very saddened about Jason David Frank, JDF. And we talked about it last week, but I just wanted to bring him up again because I know Jesse Fresco and your cosplaying um, mm. time. You've you've encountered JDF quite a bit, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. I, I met him a couple times, spoke with him, hung out with him. Um, he was a super nice guy. Um uh, he played the first version of Bloodshot on screen. That was the first version um, before we got the oh, wow. Diesel version. So before the Diesel version, that's right. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, and his JDS version is is much better. <laughs> wow. Yes, of course, absolutely. Yeah, but he actually looks like the character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he actually looks like the character. That's very important. Yeah, um, but it's so heartbreaking, Jesse. Isn't I know. it, man? Yeah. For, for for his death to be by suicide for someone mm-hmm. that loved the fans that that enjoyed comic cons just as much as any fan he he yeah. was at so many of them and um you know I saw him uh, yeah at, at every con we interviewed him at Awesome Con back in 2017 uh, actually mm-hmm. that that particular interview is highlighted on our SoundCloud SoundCloud.com/slash/below-the-belt-show and um, yeah. saw him at Sundance Film Festival in 2020. He had a, a small role in the film Omniboats. Mm-hmm. And our boy Trey Cheney from Click on This got to talk to him then for an interview for Click on This. And I was actually yeah. there and said, what's up? And, hey, yeah, we talked uh, at Awesome Con. It's like, yeah, man, what's up? I don't know if you actually remember it, but, you know, I was always actually in good spirits, you know. So He was always good to his fans. Yes. Yes, absolutely. But that's why it's fine. I find it so – so heartbreaking to know that he he had his uh his demons was, his mental demons yeah you know? he was i mean he was a recovering alcoholic for a long time um he uh i think his was it his stepdaughter had passed away or something like that that's what, yeah i think yeah it was the year yeah, prior his stepdaughter yep. had passed away the year prior and also he was going through a divorce divorce with his wife uh do do it accused infidelity so it's he had a lot uh. of personal things in the background and so that's what put him over the edge yeah he sadly hung himself yeah yeah oh god if you are going through anything call 988 it is a suicide hotline okay there is a there is a suicide hotline it's it's they officially have made one a new one it's called just dial 988 that is so help. important to have a, something like mm-hmm. with three digits like that. To, to, yes. Yeah. Just quick. So yeah. quick just call. like a nine one one. It's just as important as a nine one one because. Yeah. 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 Uh, thank you for sharing that, Jesse. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. really important, guys. So for anyone with with depression, mental health issues, and you're you're struggling with 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 you know your decisions in life, and and you're contemplating a suicide, please please know that there 
family and friends and and people that can help you. So I implore you to, to um, it's 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 better to be above ground. Yeah. Um, you know. Um, all right. So with death we celebrate life, guys. Uh, for the birthday people, um, let's see. Not too many big names, but James Naughton from Planet of the Apes, Hostages. He's seventy-seven. Director Judd Apatow from Forty Year Old Virgin and many yeah. many films. Knocked up. Uh, actress Lindsay Price uh, is forty-six. And um, that's it. I don't really have that many birthdays. Yeah. Like to, that's for a BT. <laughs> no week. one's born today. Yeah, I know. It's a slow week. There's other names, but I just don't recognize the names. So, but uh, anyways, yes, this was nine months ago from today. Nobody was banging. <laughs> December six. Yeah, at least. Or those nobody, nobody became, became famous celebrities, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, wow, has Hanukkah this... has Hanukkah started yet? Oh, where's no, that that's going to be closer to Christmas this year. Okay. Actually, okay, good, good. Good. Yeah. good, good I was about to know. say, maybe that's the reason Hanukkah may have started. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is Christmas part one, guys. Um, and uh, any um, final words, I guess, or plugs? Or probably, we did a lot of plugs in the beginning, so I guess we're all yeah. good, right? Uh, I've got stuff. Yeah. Um, okay, Jesse, you got, go ahead. Uh, so Film Rescue uh, is coming back uh, in January. We are booked up through the beginning of March. Wow. <laughs> we have a ton of episodes on the way. Um, wow. All right. Uh, a mountain of stuff. We, we're covering things like Blade Trinity. Uh, what else are we covering? Escape from L.A. We're discussing at one point. Uh, we're, good. we're digging through our junk pile. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow yeah uh, yeah morbius is on the list i think at one point <laughs> i don't wanna i don't wanna <laughs> but uh yeah film rescue is coming back um also uh i think we're gonna start up a new show called game rescue where we're gonna take games that we found somewhat disappointing and we're gonna pitch ways to fix them Nice, kind of like a film rescue, but for games. Yeah, like there's games that I have issues with, like uh, Sekiro. I have a huge issue with that. Why do okay. I only get a sword as a weapon? Why can't I pick like anything else? Right. <laughs> like, it, like, come on, guys. It's, it's a From Software game. I should be allowed to choose any weapon I want, but no, nope, right. just there's only a sword. It's very <laughs> irritating. Right. The so little things like that to improve the game experience. Mm-hmm. That'll be starting up, I think, probably in like mid January, mid uh, early February, something like that. All right. Very nice. Awesome. Well, Jesse Fresco, best of luck with you in New York City. Don't be a stranger here on BTV. We hope to have you in the new year. I'm sure I'll find some time at some point. Nice. <laughs> All right. The adorable one, Ali Dash. Thank you so much for joining us here on BTV. And of course, uh, yes, very Mary Mahusai and yes. Pinoy Noir 2 uh, to be screened in Greenbelt. Uh, check out Barkata DMV it's social media. That's right, uh, on Facebook and Instagram for more info. Uh, but yes, the old Greenbelt Theater in Greenbelt, Maryland, Monday, December 19th. Monday night, guys, you know? There's, there should be no conflict on a Monday night. <laughs> uh, so come out uh, for our friends and fans, um, local DMV listeners. Tickets are only $5. Mm-hmm. $5, that's a bargain, <laughs> man. That's a bargain. <laughs> for four films. For four films. Wow. I know, right? It's like a dollar twenty-five per film. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 wait, 
Yeah, you're right. That is a dollar twenty-five per film. Very good math. Quick like that. (laughs) All right, guys, this is uh, closing out tonight's show. The beautiful and talented Lauren Lavera Chachi. We we saw her at uh, Monster Mania Oaks, PA. Oh yeah, she was great. This girl's a star now. Um, She's got a new movie called Written House as well that we talk about with. Uh, the lovely Nancy from Stranger Things, Natalia Dyer. She's in that project as well, but she's the lead actress in Terrifier 2. Uh, we also talked to the, the actor that plays her brother, uh, actor Elliot Fulham, who plays Jonathan. So those interviews are are uh, closing out uh, tonight's uh, show here on BTV. And uh, I think we have one more on-location interview uh, next week, and uh, that will be it. Uh, but yes. Awesome. We uh, thank you so much, the panel, uh, for being here on BTV. And, uh, guys, we'll see you next week for Christmas Part 2, right? Electric Boogaloo. Electric Mm -mm. Boogaloo. (laughs) Until then. Peace. 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 See you, guys. All right, we're here with actress Lauren Rivera. Hello. From Terrifier 2. How's it feel to be here at Monster Mania? This is my very first con, so I am wow. psyched. And I'm also from Philly, born and raised, so it's really nice to be so close to home. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, just wake up and go to the con, right? From home. It's kind of pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm no longer local, but it is nice yes. to see the locals again. Absolutely. Yeah. So, wow, your film is amazing success. Thank you. Only budgeted at 250000 but made over 10 million yes. at the box office. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the, that kind of success at the box office? Unprecedented yeah. and definitely not something any of us would have expected in our wildest dreams. Yeah. We're just in, all incredibly grateful and it's all because of the fans. Yeah, I, I think it's amazing. I mean, God, I was talking to the producer, Jason. Yes. Like, what are you going to do with all that crazy budget? going to do crazy CG? He's like, no, we're going to keep the, the effects practical, old school effects. Yes. And I think that really helps with the horror film. What are your, your thoughts on, I guess, Old school practical effects with the blood and the gore versus like CG. Yeah, old school is the way to go. I think it just yeah. looks better on screen, and also it's yeah. much more helpful for the actor. We don't have to like pretend that mm-hmm. something's happening like you do with CGI. But yeah. with with the practicals, you get to like see it real time, and also it's an art form, so it's gorgeous to look at and it's crazy mm-hmm. to behold. Yes, absolutely. So tell us about the casting process for uh, landing the role of Sienna. How did that go? Yeah, I got my first audition. It was mm-hmm. a self tape and. It was like a mother-daughter audition, so I had no yeah. idea what I was getting myself into. Mm-hmm. Then a call, another callback, it was also a self-tape, and then in-person table read with Elliot, who plays Jonathan, yes, and Casey, that plays, um, that, that plays a Sienna's friend. So, and Damien told me that day that I booked the part. It was wild. It was wild. Wow. So what were those days on set like? Long and tiring and daunting and cold, but I mean, I would do it all over again because I think it was worth it. I know, do it all over again, like maybe a sequel, yeah, Terrifier 3. Looks like it's, according to Jason, it's going to happen, yeah? I think it's definitely going to happen, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. And as far as Sienna being a part of it? I don't think I can say officially, but... Oh, right, right, Watch, okay. watch it. Watch it, watch it, watch it. Now, what do you think of the, the outfit that you wore? Like, we're seeing here your poster, uh, the, the angel, the, the, fi- the, fi- they call the final girl yeah. angel, yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. very beautiful, but very uncomfortable. So the first day was awesome, but, yeah. like, wearing it consistently was kind of a nightmare. But I'm still very grateful, and it does look pretty cool. I think we're, we're going to see a lot of amazing uh, Halloween costumes and cosplays mm-hmm. with, with Sienna's outfit, personally. I think yeah. that'd be pretty cool.
pretty awesome. I hope so. The cosplays I've seen so far have been like, I've wanted to cry every time. It's pretty, it's pretty incredible. Awesome. We got two other amazing projects. Um, one is Fetus. Yes. Um, looks like horror, horror movies have uh, yeah gotten the. I found, found you. Yes. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that project, if you could. Well, yeah, it's a pretty topical title. Um, it's about a woman who becomes pregnant with a demon baby, and I happen to be that woman. So it's definitely going to be some body horror. I get to play Bill Mosley's daughter, and that was yes. amazing working with him. So yes. I'll continue to keep people posted when I get more info on it. Yeah, Bill Mosley, a horror icon. Uh, and, and yeah, I mean, everybody knows Bill, Bill Mosley. That's yeah, fantastic. It was. I had a great time with him. Wow, we can't wait till we're able to talk about more. Of course, yes. you can't talk too much. It's not really out yet. It's not yet, yeah. What about Chestnut? Because that's a, a film that was shot in Philadelphia. It was, yeah. Um, you have an amazing cast, Natalia Dyer from Stranger Things. Yeah. yeah. Tell us a little bit about that and maybe your character if you're able to. Yeah, I mean, my character was pretty short. I was on a date with Natalia Dyer, so my scene was with her in the in the movie. All and right. she, was, she was fantastic. She was phenomenal. So, yeah, I don't really know when that's going to come out, but once I do find out, I'll try to keep people posted online. Wow. A date with Natalia Dyer. That's I wasn't not, mad about that's it. That's not I bad time. It was not a bad deal. I was like, I'm getting paid for this? Cool. <laughs> and Natalia, Stranger Things Season 6. Can yeah. you call me? Yeah, seriously. She's phenomenal. What a beautiful, amazing actress. She is amazing. I actually yeah. met her at the Screen Actors Guild Awards. One of the kindest persons I've yeah, actually she's met. So, she's super so sweet. amazing. She's so amazing and so sweet. Right. Now that you've like conquered the horror genre, is there anything that, like you really want to work on? Any particular project genre? Heck, maybe Marvel, maybe Star Wars. Is there anything yeah. that you want to do? Listen, action. I want to do as much martial arts films as I can. And I'm really hoping that's coming sooner rather than later. We'll see. I love it, guys. This has been awesome, guys. Lauren Labera here at Monster Mania. Thank you so much for talking to us here on Below Thank the Belt you. Show. Thank you so much for having me. It was my pleasure. Awesome. <laughs> if you could let us know, do a little promo, let us know. I'm Lauren Lavera. Um, Terrifier 2, yeah. you're on Below the Belt Show, blah, blah, blah. Okay, Below the Belt Show. Okay. Yes. Hi, I'm Lauren Lavera from Terrifier 2, and you're watching Below the Belt Show. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Guys, we're here at Monster Mania Oaks, PA, with actor extraordinaire Elliot Fulham from Terrifier 2. Elliot, how's it feel to be here at Monster Mania? I am just having a blast meeting so many wonderful, beautiful people, so I'm just enjoying myself. Yes, and I bet you're enjoying that box office of Terrifier 2, budgeted only 250000 made over $10 million. Well, What are your thoughts on that, man? It's honestly just crazy. I mean, I saw the film six times in theaters. Right. That's including the premiere, too. <laughs> wow. But, um... Just to see it on the big screen, right? Growing up, watching all those movies yeah. in the theater, and I got to see Terrifier 2. It was so surreal to the point where I was watching it, and I forgot it was even in the movie. It's like, wait, that's me. I'm right, right there. Right. <laughs> but it's just beautiful. Beautiful about the success of it. Did you expect for it to be the box office like surprise that it was? I loved filming the movie, mm -hmm. and I thought it was going to do well, but this exceeded my expectations right and I just have to thank all the horror fans out there because there is to my knowledge zero marketing on this movie right it's just all word of mouth from true awesome horror fans so thank you thank you and now are you a fan of heart of the horror genre and if you are what are your favorite um, characters or films within the horror genre Oh man, that's a hard one. Well, of course, Arthur the Clown. I was actually a fan of Terrifier before I even auditioned. Okay. I did four first auditions. One, yeah. Yes, so the first one. Oh, okay. I saw that audition and I got so excited that I did four auditions. 
nervous, super nervous for each and every one of them. And, uh, so awesome. Uh, but I would say my favorite horror movies, I love Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original one. And also, you can't go wrong with Chop Chop and, uh, Leatherface. I mean, I would say those two particular are my favorite. I really like the original one. Part two is awesome too. But uh, just the grittiness of that movie really gets to me. Wow. So you, you said you were a fan of Terrifier 1. Mm-hmm. So did, and you said you had auditioned for Terrifier 1 as well? So oh, no, we're, no. We're, I, just, I auditioned for Terrifier 2 after, after seeing it. Yeah. Okay, good. Okay, after gotcha. already being a fan. After already being a fan. Yeah. I got, gotcha, gotcha. How was that audition process? Oh, it was awesome. I mean, yeah. so I did a self-tape. We uh, submitted it through like Actors Access. Yes, and I the love day- that site. That's an actor myself. I use <laughs> nice, it all the time. Nice. <laughs> and the day I was actually going to do an interview with Jay Weinberg, who's the drummer of Slipknot. So that day, we got an email saying that they had interest in casting me for one of the roles, for for me sending an audition for one of the roles. And that was just a beautiful day because I got to hear about the audition and interview Slipknot and see them live the same day. So that was, in itself, probably one of the best days of my life. Then I did... So dope. Then I did an in-person audition in the city with Lauren, who plays Sienna, and Damien, the yes. director. That went perfectly. And then I did another self-tape afterwards for practicing screaming or whatever. They wanted to see how I scream. Yes. And then I did a final audition at the producer's house uh, with Damien, uh, most of the crew, nice. Lauren... That's how I went, and uh, I was beyond nervous, especially for that last audition. But I was lucky enough. I got—I guess I got the part, huh? Yeah, yeah. So actually, being an actor in the horror genre, there's a take away the horror aspects of being scared when you see the film because you already know when the jump moments are happening. No, I saw this movie six times, like I okay. just said, and every single time, okay. those scenes still got me, especially nice, that nice. bedroom scene. <laughs> oh, man, the gore, the practical yeah. effects. I was looking enough to see some practical effects, Damien do those practical yeah. effects live right there on the right. spot. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. And then when I see it in the movie, I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> you also worked with someone we interviewed not too long ago, Griffin Santos Pietro yes, yes. from Cobra Kai. How did you like working with, uh, with Griffin? He was really, really nice. It was just a fun time. All three. Yeah. Uh, that was just... Also, Felissa Rose was in that scene, Felissa too. Rose, exactly, she yeah. was so incredible. Yeah. It was just good vibes on set. Awesome. Now, now, do you have Hollywood like calling you a lot uh, for another franchise or another feature film? What's next for you, Elliot? I'm just doing auditions. Okay, cool. Whenever auditions come, I'll say yes. yes. I actually have two auditions that I have to do that are due like Tuesday. Right. So right after I'm done with this horror convention, I have to do two self-tapes. Wow. I'm ready. I'm ready for Gotta the acting it. journey. Yes, that is amazing. <laughs> wow. Elliot, guys, actor extraordinaire. He plays Jonathan in Terrifier 2. Go see it. I still need to see it. I saw the trailer. It was bananas. Oh, my God. Art the Clown. Holy smokes. That's very, very terrifying and fitting enough here at Monster Mania. Thank you so much for talking to us here on Below the Belt Show. And if you could, let us know who you are, your character from Terrifier 2, and you're on Below the Belt Show. All right. Hi, my name is Elliot Fulham. I play Jonathan in Terrifier 2, and I'm on the Below the Belt Show. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, man. Well, it has been a ill show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, Until next time, keep chilling. Like a villain. Bye, goodbye, 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 goodbye.